0: to the Batmobile. Let's go. Atomic batteries to power. Turbines to speed. Roger,
1: ready to move out. And here we go.
0: Entertainment.
1: I told you already, I'm gonna kill you. Maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow. That's not how the force works. Very small man can cast a very large shadow. This. Does put a smile on my face. Once more, the Sith will rule the galaxy. Impressive. Most impressive.
2: You are on the Sith list. Welcome, welcome, welcome to episode number. 101 of the Sith List. I'm your host, Raj Dolachai, and my co-pilots for this evening's 101 adventure. The young, the restless, the bearded one still. Let me look at his beard. He's in front of me finally. It was a week without him, <laughs> but he still has his beard on. Carlos. Burgoyle. <laughs> the man with the shoulders the size of Mount Rushmore.
3: Damn. less Crunch, crunch in the house. That's for you, Bert. Gonzalez. Owning
2: it, baby. The man we call the hair. The man that we missed last week in our celebration get-together, which we'll talk about in a second. But we did call him in a drunken stupor, as they say. (laughs) (laughs) And we went on and talked to him for about a half an hour. Way too long. But Eric... Is awesome. Struthers. That's right. Uh, Yeah. And tonight we have a very special guest host. His first time entering the Sith Lair. I first talked to this guy... When he was advocating for the very important Star Wars reputation, man, reputation. Your reputation -reputation precedes you, (laughs) Van (laughs) Helsing. I butchered that one. Star Wars representation matters hashtag all over Twitter. He is the co-host of Beltway Bantha's podcast. An avid swimmer, a runner, Mr. Suara Saleh.
4: What is up?
2: Did I butcher your last name after I just tried to practice it for the fucking (laughs) half an hour?
4: Listen, man, oh. everyone mispronounces it. It's fine. My dad decided to spell it that weird name when he moved to the UK when he was went for college. So I don't even know anymore. I don't <laughs> even know how it's pronounced, like ultimately. So you can say whatever. Just get my first name right and we're good. <laughs> All right. Question for you. Do you change your name at Starbucks uh, I did when I was in college, <laughs> yeah. I would change my first name to Josh.
1: <laughs> just, like,
4: just random Josh. Just randomly Josh. <laughs> like I just thought, oh, I could pass for a Josh. I don't know. Like I'm, I don't know. I'm Brown, but for some reason I just thought Josh could work. I don't know. Whatever.
2: Yeah, no, <laughs> I get it. I get it. I use Eric, by the way. I don't know. Huh.
4: If, I don't know if Struthers
2: knows this, but I use Eric E-R-Y-C. Mm-hmm. That sounds like a term of it, That sounds like a some
4: endearment right there.
2: It is. Derek's yeah, funny. man.
1: Yeah. And I, I gotta,
2: I've been using that forever, Eric. I just want to let you know. Was
3: it was Eric It's Deliche, fate, man.
2: It's Roger Dolichet. Roger Dolichet. <laughs> in, in high school, it was Roger Dolichet in my drama class. That's funny. Yeah.
3: That was the stage name. That
2: was my stage name. That's right. <laughs> but, Bo, thank you so much, Sora, for coming on. Dude, thank
4: you for having me on. I love your guys' podcast.
2: Oh, thank you very, very much. Thank Appreciate you. it, man. And uh, we're going to talk about. Suarez podcast, and, and he also does a Flash podcast. Am I correct?
4: Yeah, I'm the summer co-host for the Flash podcast uh, on the DCTV podcast nice, network nice, with nice. Andy. Yeah, with Andy Babek. He's the guy who uh, runs a whole operation, and he was gracious enough to invite me for the summer season while they're on hiatus.
2: Fantastic. That's great. We're going to get into yeah. all that in, in just a sec, and we're going to dive into to fandom, his brain in the world of fandom that swirls around his head. <laughs> but first, the shenanigan. We are proud members of the Making Star Wars Podcast Network. Great, amazing podcast. Podcast Like now, this is podcasting, which I'm going to be on this week. Mm. I have a new segment called Arages Mirages. That's funny. Yeah, that Jason uh, has dubbed. <laughs> really? Yeah, Arages Mirages.
3: No uh, wordplay there? <laughs> I don't know.
2: I'm going to find out what the hell it is when I go there. You don't
4: it. even know. That's no even better. <laughs> <Yeah. I don't laughs> That's it. A- that sounds like something from Aladdin. Yeah. well yeah, That'd be great. The, the, that'd be great. <laughs>
2: <laughs> we also have on this podcast network, Rogue One, a Star Wars podcast. Winners with our boys, Blue Harvest, Steel Wars, Rebel Girl, First Order Transmissions, Idiot's Ray, Tarkin's Top Shelf, Podcast 2187, The Cargo Hold, and Fingered with Randy and Jason. And a quick shout out to everybody that sent these amazing tweets and messages and DMs for our 100th celebration episode thank you to everybody that actually came on jason johnny and haas appreciate you guys coming on thank you for everybody that showed up to our celebration get together in hollywood at the scum of villainy cantina we had a blast we had a great time everybody that was there you know who you are so thank you thank you thank you for all that great and can't wait to be pretty much on this network for another hundred more is that is, is that our cap is that what you're saying? That's it? Just 100.
3: hundred. Yeah, said, a said contract we just got phase. Jason all, and all, Amanda. And, they said hundred more and you're done. Okay. No, don't we enter into a contract phase and we have to start negotiating and yeah. Yeah. You know, collective bargaining If we or,
2: get yeah. to that point, if we get to that point, that'd yeah, be yeah, great. Mediators
5: nice. and all that fun
2: <laughs> shit. Yeah. That'd be great. But that's not happening. <laughs> you can find us on Instagram, the Sith List, Facebook, The Sith List, email the List at gmail.com. And we have a hotline, 707-65 Geek One. That's 707-654-3351. Call us on our hotline and leave a message. You can also find a new shirt that's very, I'll just say it's a very Sith List 2600, the new shirt. Ooh. Yeah. It's one of my favorites. I love it. So check it out, at T Public. Put in the Sith List and give us some iTunes reviews because those are super duper important. Now, let's get to the cool stuff. Suara, talk to us about Beltway Banthas. Talk to us about The Flash podcast. And talk to us about what you love in fandom and what's your favorite types of fandom. I think I know because I listen to Beltway Banthas.
4: Yeah, like uh so do it in that word. Beltway Banthas is the Star Wars and Politics podcast. We talk about everything in the intersection of Star Wars and politics. We talk about galactic politics and history, military conflicts. Like I basically when I uh introduce this podcast to friends in real life. I always preface it by saying this is the nerdiest shit you will have ever heard. It's like not only Star Wars but it's also politics I and mean, we're just looking for all of the ways you can talk about it and it's great. Like my co-host Steven's really great. Um we're a bipartisan podcast. I'm the liberal shill, whereas he's the conservative shill. So we like sort of duke it out with our shillness from either side and try to reach some sort of consensus on, on issues. We talk about real world issues as well, Um, you know, like the craziness that's going on in our country and right. the world. Really, it's, uh, you know, it can get stressful at times, but we have really good conversations and we have a really great uh, Rolodex of episodes you all should check out. We're on hiatus for this summer. Um, but during the summer, I'm actually, as you mentioned, D. Raj, I may, uh, co-host for the Flash podcast, uh, during its hiatus season. This is, uh, yeah, like, uh, I think as, yeah, as I mentioned to you earlier with, uh, Andy Bebeck, it's really fantastic. And you should check out all the DC TV podcast network shows. If you watch anything like the Flash, Supergirl, Arrow. Legends of Tomorrow, Black Lightning. They're all really uh, fantastic podcasts. Uh, and yeah, so my fandom. Yeah, I've been like a Star Wars fan since I was nine years old. And I saw a New Hope uh, actually on public access television. It was on like UPN or something. And I completely fell in love with U-P-N. all the characters. Let's,
2: re- let's rewind a little bit. You just yeah. said UPN. For all you millennials out there, <laughs> UPN was an actual network. Was that before UPN was a part of the C-
3: was a CW, right? I have no idea. Oh, no, it UPN. might have been. No, yeah. Was, no? WB is the CW. Right. I UPN know that. But what, was, was, what, what was it? It's now my network. UPN was like Channel 13 for us. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Like okay, KCOP.
2: Okay. Oh, KCOP. Okay. Okay. Out gotcha. here. Out North here. North here. Nationwide. Yeah. Yeah. It was. 90% of our audience is like, we don't know what you're talking about. Shut up. Okay. Sorry about that, Sora. Go ahead.
4: No, no, no worries. Uh, Yeah. So I was like an original trilogy kid. I completely fell in love with those movies and the characters and watched them like we all did over and over again. And I'm also like part of the prequel generation. I watched, uh, I actually watched uh, episodes one and two when they came out on VHS and DVD, watched those a million times, and then finally saw. Actually, my first uh, Star Wars film I ever saw in theater was Revenge of the Sith. And, uh, yeah, it was like really awesome. Went with my dad and like really got immersed in that theater experience, really enjoyed it. And, uh, my, I also was a big legends fan. I read like growing up maybe over a hundred legends novels. Like I was really invested in those, especially new Jedi order. Um, yeah, like, uh. I I would mostly read stuff like uh, sort of New Republic era and prequel era and was really looking for stuff that was sort of in between the cracks of what my main heroes uh, were doing outside of the films. Uh, But and I play a bunch of games, co-toured my favorite game, actually, I think is a game not a lot of people talk about. It's Jedi Knight, Jedi Academy which is, in my opinion, fucking fantastic. It allows (laughs) you to customize however you want to be. Like a Jedi is like an action RPG, sort of like Kingdom Hearts. And it's still like, yeah, it's guys, it's really great. Like you should check it out if you have like a Mac or like it's in the app store um, or if PC. Like, I think the multiplayer for it is still going on. So you should check that out. Uh, Yeah, and like, uh, but, you know, my fandom kind of lagged when I was in college. I actually didn't watch Clone Wars until like this past year. Uh, but, um, I think like my fandom really reignited, like reawakened, uh, in full force, maybe even more so than ever when the force awakens came out and I love the force awakens. One of my favorite films of all time. I also really, really love the last Jedi. Actually the last Jedi full out is that my favorite film of all time. Is like, that actually right? Really is, okay, yeah, cool. Yeah. Right. Yeah. On. I, yeah. I really love it. I think it, what and this, is coming, was and this that, is
2: coming from a guy who was yeah. really,
4: you're in love with the EU. Yeah, I was as a kid. I really was. Awesome. Who Who knew, who knew that was possible? Right. That's right. Holy like, shit. yeah. Holy you shit. Like we both. exist. You can like both, and what you can also. What is enjoy- all about? And also, you can admit that the EU went complete. Like I lost interest in the EU because it was going completely off the deep end and basically batshit crazy. Honestly, I mean, you can admit that and still like certain parts of it. You know, you can be moderate with your opinion on these things and just take and pick what you want to like and consume and enjoy. Outside of Star Wars, man, honestly, like I'm a big animation nerd. I love my favorite series of all times, like Avatar: The Last Airbender and Legend of Korra. Uh, I love anime, uh, and there I, one other uh, animated series I really love that's on Netflix right now is Voltron: Legendary Defender. Bless uh, your heart, dude. It's so good. It's really it's good. So and you know, it's from the same animators as Avatar and Korra, uh, Studio Mir, which is in Korea. Yeah, yeah, I didn't know. Yeah, yeah. Super cool. Um, and other than that, like I, I mentioned, I love DC TV. If I had to choose my top three fandoms, it would honestly be uh, Star Wars, number one, then uh, Avatar, Last Airbender, Legend of Korra, and then number three would probably be like um, DC as a whole, generally, except for the films that are coming out right now. Not a big fan of the Snyder. <laughs> I was going to say that. Uh, yeah. So like you can count me out of what whenever. Like I really hope that, you know, when you think of D.C. fans, you're not just thinking of the DCEU right. like uh, devotees. I'll be diplomatic on Twitter and elsewhere and Snyder fans like I'm not. Ple- yeah, I love I love like original Justice League, Justice League Unlimited, uh, some D.C. comics, uh, like I mentioned, uh, D.C. TV, but not like, yeah, with their current coming out. Wonder Woman was great, though. But Wonder Woman yeah, was. But that's like my just my fandom in a nutshell. Okay, well, that's awesome. Thanks.
2: There's going to be a lot of listeners who we get tweets from and DMs from that are into all those DC shows, and we just don't have time. I used to watch Arrow. This one's for you, John Wimmer. I mean, there's a yeah, there's a lot of people that love the DC TV stuff, and we just don't have time to cover it. Maybe we should just have you on here and just fucking give us a lowdown
4: here and there. Sure, I'd love to do that, but just FYI, I don't watch Arrow. I haven't watched since season four, so you'll have to get someone else for that. Me too, buddy. Me too.
2: I haven't watched Arrow since season three, and that's it coincides when when the Marvel shows came out on Netflix. I just stopped watching all the other shows. Yeah,
4: yeah, yeah. I just. Stopped. So sorry, sorry. I also want to mention I am also a big Marvel fan. I do love the MCU a lot. Like yes. I think it's absolutely fantastic, and I'm a lifelong Spider Man fan. I love Tom Holland Spider Man Homecoming. Again, one of my favorite films of all time. Like, I think he absolutely nailed the character. And I love the original Spider-Man film. So, oh, cool. yeah, sorry. I love a lot of shit. Yeah, sorry. you
2: love everything that we love pretty
1: much. And, <laughs> perfect, I, perfect. I'm not
2: into the anime stuff other than Voltron. is I kind of consider that a little bit anime. But uh, Les is yeah. a big anime guy. And Boo, you watch some anime, don't you? Yeah, a little bit, yeah. Eric, you're not a big anime guy, right? Like me? No. Yeah, no, me not Eric really. Girl. appreciate that you love all these great different fandoms.
1: Very Thanks. Cool. appreciate yeah.
2: it. Yeah. Let's get into some stuff. You ready? We'll talk some box office, talk some Star Wars, talk some DC Marvel. Yeah, let's Marvel. do it. We'll talk some random Schmiels. Obviously, the box office, Ant-Man and Wasp, killed it. Became the 10th Marvel comic adaptation this year to top the weekend box office. And Disney's success this weekend didn't end there as Incredibles 2 became the first animated title to ever hit $500 million domestically. Uh, that surprised me. Yeah, the, Yeah, that is kind of surprising. That is surprising. And man and Wasp brought in $76 million and $161 million worldwide. This comes via boxofficemojo.com. Disney Marvel is 20 for 20. I think all yes. their movies you mean number one? hit number one. Yeah, it's crazy. That's and incredible. I also read that Jurassic World hit a billion worldwide, mm-hmm. and it's the only movie this year non-Disney owned to right. hit a billion dollars. That's wow. so crazy. It is crazy. It's nuts. And it, I think it made 700, and, 700 million foreign take Jurassic cool. World. God. They love their dinosaurs, dude. Yeah,
4: they do. Yeah. So, have, yeah you seen, have you the, seen Ant-Man and Wasp? I haven't seen it yet. I've cool. been so busy in the past week, but I'm planning on seeing it hopefully this Friday. Probably. Okay. Well, hopefully. Yeah.
2: Okay. You got it. Yeah, you see it. So what we'll do is we'll do our review after we get mm-hmm. off with you. That way, we won't spoil it for either of you guys. All right.
4: Appreciate
0: it a lot. Man. Yeah, Thanks. you're not gonna
2: spoil it for me. I know, I'm not it for anybody. <laughs> <laughs> but at least you swore. I don't wanna I don't wanna ruin it for you. Yeah, that had been fair.
4: Yeah, I would appreciate been fair. that, man.
2: So there is your box office. And then I think it's time to get into some Star Wars chit chat because for once the news broke out before we record, <laughs> not three hours after we record. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a lot of stuff, right, Mr. Struthers? Uh, uh yeah, sure. Yeah, sure, man. There's some, sure. There's, there's some stuff that I have so it's probably Duplicating what you have. But before we even do this, I want to say that we love Andy Gutierrez. And we yes. want her to keep up the great work. And she is absolutely a gem in the Star Wars galaxy. And if you think otherwise, you're a dope. <laughs> and, and keep it to yourself. Dope. leave people alone, people. Dope. Just leave people alone. And we're not going to get into all the craziness that's going on. Because there was a lot of craziness this week. A lot. <sighs> and there's a lot of stuff that is just beyond yep. my comprehension. But we're not even going to get into that stuff. I'll save it for while I'm on. Now, this podcasting. I'm sure we'll get into it there. uh, Take it away, Mr. Struthers.
0: Let's talk some uh, Star Wars with Suara. Well, here's something that's kind of crazy, man. Talking about the box office. So, you know, I'm a member of the 501st. And over last week, uh, several guys in my garrison reported trying to go see Solo. And the showings that they were trying to go to were sold out. And is, is that right?
4: So, yeah. Saw so that. not this,
0: not this past weekend, but the weekend before. And it's like, you know, obviously they're not in the biggest number of seats cinemas now, but yeah, sold out. Not, not a seat to be found. <laughs> and it's like, That's Hey, where were you people? What are you doing? I just thought that was kind of cool to hear.
2: That is awesome.
0: Yeah. Because I'm, that movie deserves it. It does deserve it. I love that
2: movie. And I'm, while you're talking about it right now, I'm looking up the current box office, totals for a solo a star wars movie a star wars a star wars story
1: it was it was a, <laughs> it was it a right, star wars Rush, movie by the God.
2: way. it definitely was a star wars movie 211 million dollars domestically and i think we're close to uh, 400 million worldwide if i'm not mistaken
4: yeah i see on wikipedia it says 380.1 million
0: i just thought that was crazy to hear now and it, then it th- I thought, well, then I should go. I should go see it, but I don't have time, and it's nowhere around me and now, I don't think. You're at you're – at, how many are you at so far, Eric? Six? Five? Six. six. Nice. Okay.
2: Five. It's very I good. don't know. It's one of those. It's, it's really one of those. interesting because I've talked to a couple of people that love Star Wars, and I asked them, have you seen Solo yet? And they're like, no, dude, I haven't got to it yet. I'm like, what? Like, why aren't you going and mm-hmm. running to the theater to watch this film? But, you know,
0: well, I I know there's that. But when we've talked about this, but Suara, I had a, a thing where a lady who I work with, yeah. she's like prime age for should be inundated with this. Got two kids who are like right there. It's, you know, young kids, Star Wars age. She had no idea what I was talking about. Yeah. What now? Solo, Han Solo who? What? And I was like, man, that really that really speaks volumes for how well the marketing went when yeah. somebody who is your prime target has no clue that there's a solo movie out. And I listened to you the Beltway Bantha's review.
2: And that was your oh, last, thank you. That was your last episode before you went on hiatus, right? Correct?
0: Yeah. Yeah,
4: yeah. basically. Yeah. So
2: I got your take. But can you let the listening audience know what you thought about it? And I know you gave it a score, I believe, of 6.5.
4: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I if I give like yeah, that for me like that means the film was fine. It was okay. Sorry guys, I didn't love it as much as you guys did. That's okay. But uh it's you know, for me it was like fine, okay, but not something I'll be rushing to see again. I think um actually shout out to the sky talker, Charlotte and Caitlin, who both loved the film by the way, but they did make a note that it did feel like a couple of episodes of the TV series strung together that this could have been uh mini arc in Rebels, or maybe in Resistance, or Clone Wars, you know what I mean, sort of like that. Right, right. Uh, so, And that honestly was how it felt to me. It felt like I was watching a bunch of different stories play out at once, and the cohesive narrative arc wasn't really that clear to me. My favorite part, definitely, Donald Glover Lando, absolutely fantastic. He got the intonation and the personality of Lando that we've known for Basically, like forty years now, so down. And he was amazing. Uh, I also really liked Kira. I also really liked L three. Didn't really like L three's ending, but what are you gonna do? What about Alden? Oh, Alden was good. Okay. Alden was good. Um, I'm not like, to be honest. Like, I mean, I've always liked Han, but I've never been like a Han necessarily a Han Solo fanboy necessarily. So there goes there goes one question out of yeah the <laughs> flash round. Um, (laughs) yeah I'm like just psychic ahead of the game but uh, yeah I I thought he was good I thought he was good Um, but again like I think my problems with the film were mostly in the writing and the directing and I feel like it could have been more than the sum of its parts for me personally, but for those of my friends like who loved it and enjoyed it, like I'm really happy for y'all. I'm really happy that this gave you a lot of joy. Like, guys, do you know this was a thing? That something I can say that something I dislike that other people like that I can say I'm happy for them that I can have vicarious joy for others who enjoy things. Did you know that was a thing? I, I just might, I just realized I just, that just this week that that was a thing. I
2: just ugh. Yeah, man. I, know, yeah. I know. I <laughs> know. I know. I'm glad that you went and you saw it and you liked it and you you enjoyed watching it, but you're not ranking it as one of your favorites. But you still can have a decent conversation with somebody else and not write a petition about it,
4: which is great. Oh, um, yeah. I'm not petitioning Lucasfilm to like yeah. remake Solo or to strike it from the canon or whatever the fuck they're doing nowadays. I just like I hear you. There was an article that just came out today in the Daily Dot talking about fandom toxicity. And it's like it is a minority of people in fandom or supposedly in fandom that are doing this. But the way that they're um, making such a loud noise about this, they're really tarn. I'm sorry, but they're tarnishing our image in so many ways. And it's embarrassing. And I feel like. Just get out. We don't want you. If you're not enjoying this, just get out of our fandom. It, it's, uh, yeah. Yeah, it, it is, is crazy. Weird. I got it. I got an email from my, uh, one of our listeners,
2: Tom, and it's pretty much, pretty much said that 97% of the people agree with what we're saying. And it's that other 3%, like you were saying, Sora, that they'll never change. And giving them so much attention only gives oxygen to their dying, losing costs. That's what he put. I, I kind of <clears> like the email. He was saying that we pretty much have been dedicating 25% of our podcasts over the last couple of weeks about it. And I was like, you know what? You're right. We have been. Sometimes you have to step up and say some things. And, and we've been doing that on Twitter lately. And, and you know, there's other podcasts out there that we don't agree with their points of view. It's a crazy time. I've never experienced anything like this in my entire life. And I'm sure Eric hasn't either and uh, Boo and Les as well, but it, it is definitely, uh, it's a trip.
4: Yeah, it's been fucking crazy. And another thing that we need to remember is that it's okay as well to there because we have so many friends who you know simply dislike uh, one or two films in this huge ass franchise. It's like you can have, like for example, I'm not a big fan of the prequels. But you don't see me, like, nowadays. I mean, there are, like, parts of them, you know, here and there. I'm actually starting to gain more appreciation for them, like, through seeing friends of mine that really love them. But in general, they're not my favorite films. But, again, i like, happy to see my other friends enjoy them. Or it's, like, if someone asks me, I'll say, oh, yeah, they're just not my favorite. It's, like, I mean, I – here's the thing. Like, we – are this a lot of times like fandom can almost feel like a competition in which like people are trying to say, Oh, I'm the better fan because I like this part of Star Wars and not that part of Star Wars, and I think this is the best and I think that's the worst, etc., cetera, etc.? Cetera. When really it's like the only thing that we all have in common is that we like Star Wars, or for some of us, we're like. insanely mega obsessed with star wars i mean i feel like and say say, safely that describes me and my entire life but i don't feel this need to say that i am a quote better fan than others and i participate in fandom because i want to have fun with people that are like like like-minded like me not because i want to make myself look better and i don't i feel like what we're seeing from these toxic fans is like a deep insecurity about feeling like they're supposedly the best manifesting itself and it's really pathetic.
2: I agree. I agree one hundred percent, buddy. Struthers, is there anything in the positive light that we can talk about with Star Wars? Well sure,
0: man. There sure is. Just so, posit okay. Let's just just flip this let's flip this bitch around. So we're we're talking about Lando. And Donald Glover's portrayal of him was really good, man. And he did. He very much when he first spoke, I thought, Oh, dude, he is spot on imitating land or imitating Billy D. Williams. I'm not sure how this is gonna go, but he like found that perfect line. But you you want Billy D. Williams, there's a real strong chance we're getting the real deal. The rumors have been really strong, and mind you, this isn't officially confirmed. Okay. No, but the trades but, the the trades are saying it. Exactly.
4: But did you see Victoria Mahoney's tweet about it? No. I don't think so. Yeah, Victoria Mahoney, she tweeted, like, look, what do we have here? Basically, with, she was, quote, tweeting the article about his casting. So I think it's confirmed. Yeah. Oh, shit. Victoria Mahone,
1: nice. Yeah.
4: Uh, no, wait, here's what she said. <laughs> she said, quote, yesterday, someone must have told him about my little maneuver at the Battle of Tanab. Hashtag Lando Calrissian. Hashtag Star Wars. Hashtag Episode 9. She basically confirmed it. That's great.
2: What's your guys' reaction?
4: Fuck yes. Yeah. Okay. Fuck yes. Fuck yes. Fuck yes. I've been waiting so long for Lando in the sequel trilogy. I've loved this character since I was a kid. I just want to say, just feel like saying this. Lando never betrayed Han, okay? Lando was just looking out for his people. He's a good leader, a good administrator, and <laughs> so like I want him to be like really vind fully I mean, he was in Return of the Jedi. Like he was the guy who blew the, the death star in return of the Jedi. And I wanted to see him even more vindicated as like a hero. And I know that there are concerns here and there that, Oh, he might take uh time away from our new heroes. He, he's not going to do that. He'll be like a general sort of in the yeah. background, kind of like Akbar was in episode six. Right. Yeah. Like, and we'll still like cheer when we see him. And finally, he gets to play this character again outside of a voiceover role because he deserves this. He's like given so much to the fans for so many years, and Lando is just such a cool, fantastic character that, yeah, I'm so so happy to see in episode nine.
5: Yeah, yeah, I think it's gonna be great. It's going be nice to see a, another familiar face that's not exactly, you know, the top three kind of thing. So it'd be nice to see that. It just kind of sucks that he comes back at the at a bad time because Luke's gone, Han's gone. <laughs> right? We don't know what's going to happen with Leia, but she kind of has to be gone in some way. So he's going to come back and be like, "Oh fuck, you're all gone." Oh, that's true. Shit. But you know, besides that, it's it's going to be cool to to see somebody. And it's always have it's always nice to have somebody who knows what the rebellion is and you know the you know the, you know the whole resistance feel. You know, because a lot of the people that are in it now. Don't know what's, what this is or, or, you know, have gone through it before. And, you know, Lando will be with that person who could kind of like guide and, and, and help people, you know, through a you know, very hard time kind of thing. So yeah, so I, I am excited he's coming back. It's going to be very cool. And he's not going to take away that much time. He's going to be a nice callback and he's, it's going to be awesome when he's on screen, but he's not going to dominate. No, not at all. No, uh,
2: yeah. Eric, do you think, what do you think? What kind of role is he going to have? Is he going to just be like in charge of a casino? Is he going to be in a mining company again? How is that going to play out?
0: I think it'll probably be a little more important than that. I suspect it's going to have something to do with, you know, they sent out this distress call and they're trying to garner support for their cause. And, you know, all their gear, all that stuff costs money. Somebody has to be financing this. Somebody has to be behind it. And I think he would be the prime candidate to do it, given what we have. One thing I'm curious about is whether this decision was made specifically because Carrie Fisher is no longer with us. And it's like, we got to have something to sort of stabilize that original trilogy crew or, you know, the notion of them in this movie or if it was, you know, kind of the plan all along. But either way, I'm glad to see him in there. I hope that he can portray the character the way he wants to. One, one concern for me personally, and maybe it's just me, is, you know, he's been the voice of Lando Calrissian in essentially everything. And it's almost gotten to the point where it's a caricature of his own self. If you're, you know, I got two little kids and so it's like tons of Lego Star Wars stuff. And also... Any of the robot chicken stuff, it's almost like he's become a parody of his own self. Yeah, I know what you're saying. So, like this so whole guy, yeah. Yeah, but like almost over the top where it's yeah, all jokey yeah, and.
4: Yeah. Leia and the Wookiee
5: must never again leave this city. That
3: was never a condition of our arrangement, nor was giving harm to this bounty hunter.
5: I have altered the deal. Pray I don't alter it any further.
3: This deal's getting worse all the time.
5: Here is a unicycle. You will ride it wherever you go. What? I'm I'm not writing the I have altered the
3: deal. Pray I don't alter it any further. This deal is getting worse all the time. Also, you are to wear these clown shoes and refer to yourself as Mary.
1: Oh, you man, I'm not doing
0: it. And all of that. And so I don't want that to taint what he, you know, what he's able to achieve with the character and it may not be it may be completely out of his hands. It's just going to be people who have seen all this stuff who have seen robot chicken and and all those things. But I, I hope that his role has gravity, whether or not it's dominates the running time, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. That makes yeah. Total totally. Sense.
4: Yeah. As for like, you know, him being a character, I, I totally hear that concern because he has been this character for so long, whether it's portraying it seriously, whether it's in parody, like robot chicken, as you said, but I think it will be a lot different when he's with a real life director again, like with JJ directing him on set. Good point. Uh, Yeah, I, I think that informs it a lot. You know, I think like he really knows what makes Lando Lando, and I'm looking forward to that. I think that it'll be really great. I'm pretty confident it won't be a caricature, but again, I understand your concern.
0: Yeah, I get that. I think I'm more worried that other people will see it as that, especially. I don't know, younger people who've their main exposure to him prior, you know, I grew up with the original trilogy right in my face. A lot of people saw Robot Chicken before they ever saw Empire Strikes Back. Oh yeah. <laughs> and, and that's <laughs> that's what I'm I'm thinking of that. But I think I think he'll do a bang up job. I've worried just more about perception. I think I think right. what he right. actually does on screen and accomplishes on screen will be great. I just want it to be received well. Because, you know, we've hit this spot, man, where it's really easy for things to go haywire with, I don't want to say fan perception, but like the treatment, you know, look at what happened to Carrie Fisher when they announced that they were making new movies and she was going to be in them and it's, man, she got ripped up and down, not by the press, but just by people in general about her appearance and, and it's, it sucks and. I would hate to see something like that happen where I would rather see it happen. Like where Hayden Christensen comes back for the 40th anniversary panel at Star Wars Celebration. and The place goes bonkers. You yeah. take the flip side of that. You got Am- Ahmed Best who's talking about, which we can get to in a second, but sure. just like wh- what he went through, not that I think that'll happen to Billy D, but you know what I mean? Yeah. It's he definitely isn't, he doesn't look quite the same as he used to. And he obviously yeah. isn't the spry gentleman that he used to be. So is he going to have yeah. to put up with any of that, that BS? You know what, Eric, yeah. that when people and fans came out
2: with that backlash towards Carrie, not it was, it wasn't really backlash. Everybody wanted to see Carrie reprise her role, but it was like what you said about how is she going to do this? She doesn't look anything like it. She's, you know, she's got some health complications. I, I've, that uh, that affected her because I, if you watch the documentary, Of force awakens that first day on set she she said she was a just a nervous wreck and she didn't know if she she could do it you you gotta think that those kind of things obviously affect people you
3: know what i mean well that that's my only issue with this is i just hope it doesn't overtax him right and i think jj was cognizant with carrie fisher i think he'll be the same okay yeah because that that's my only only thing i i don't expect him to be And actually, you know, that was one of the things about Carrie Fisher being, and even Harrison Ford, when he was on, the age was just, it just showed so much, and you're just like, ugh. Yeah. You know, you couldn't help but just go, ugh. What was great about
2: that is obviously their age has shown, but it was like a sweetness about it.
3: Yeah, no, 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 it was fine. It was like, okay, yeah, I was okay with it, but it was like, yeah, it's a reality. You know what I mean? (laughs) Right. So, as far as he goes, yeah, I don't want what I want to be able to do as when I'm watching this is say, okay, look, this is what we get. This is Billy D. And then just, you know, try to push away or compartmentalize the robot chicken and even Donald Glover, you know, and even say, okay, even this performance that I just seen recently, you yeah. know, I want to be able to just put that to the back burner and let's just take this in. But ultimately for me, I just hope it does just doesn't overtax.
2: Yeah, I agree. And I also do think that Great. if they ever do these, these standalone films again, if we ever get to see Donald Glover reprise his role, knock on wood, I hope. I definitely want to see him fly and pilot a ship. You know what I mean? Be- only because his skills are ridiculous in Jedi, right? He pretty much helped. Oh, yeah, he no, up he helped turn the tide of
3: the battle. Right. Yeah, exactly. I he- want to
2: see him do that because we didn't get to see him do that in Solo. He pretty much was doing it for a little bit and then Han took over. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You
3: see, but then that comes back to what, I guess it comes back, so if you're watching Donald Glover and you're going, Oh, this is adding more depth, this is adding more things to the character of yep. Lando, then does it backfire when we have an older Billy D who may not be able to be well, as no, active? I, you uh, know what I'm saying? Like Yeah.
2: I don't think so because I don't think Carrie's Leia Carrie Fisher's very, performance didn't
3: didn't backfire. Yeah, but she went from, you know, holding a blaster and, and kicking real ass to like being a general. Ta- tactical. Yeah. Yeah, like being just tactical. Tactical support. Right. Well, I guess Han, that's, yeah. Okay. Yeah, Han, that's okay. Yeah,
2: because older Han still had that gun, still had the blaster, still was kind of a cool, yeah, badass. That,
3: that's what I'm, I'm saying. Like,
2: I think you're going to see Billy D behind a desk. I think you're going to see him so behind a tactical. Yeah, yeah he's. Yeah, I don't think yeah. he's physically going to be doing a lot.
3: That that's fine. Yeah. Too.
4: Even though I did like see news about him having a personal trainer, that's probably more for you know, as you said, he more for looks, you know, behind a desk to show that he's still like a strongly built leader. I don't know. I would still like to see some action from him. At oh, least hold sure. a blaster oh, and like just shoot some stormtroopers. That would be cool. I don't know.
2: Yeah, that would be amazing. I love it. Cannot wait to see him and Chewie together. Just just to see him together. Chewie should choke
0: him out again.
4: <laughs> uh, I want to
0: see. No, no. I want to see. No, no. I, no I, I want to see... No. <laughs> <laughs> see Lando and Numb back together. Oh, that's you know oh no, he's still shit. there. Yes. Eric Struthers, I think you just hit the jackpot.
1: If
2: they don't do that, that is just a missed opportunity. Yeah, why? Yeah. Why wouldn't? They, why wouldn't they do that? That's dude, I didn't think about that.
0: So, there's been more episode nine casting news, and it, apparently, Carrie Russell has been in talks to uh, appear in episode nine, and nobody's really sure. Obviously, as to what she might do. But I happen to have a little inside information that uh, I'll share with you. And her backstory goes that she it was the last day of school and Poe Dameron signed her yearbook and said that he wished he would have gotten to know her better. And it like really stuck to her. So she followed him off to flight school and then fast forward all these years later. And now she's in episode nine. Ooh, is that that's a, what's gonna happen is this a reference to Felicity Felicity like, <laughs> yeah thanks Felicity. for ruining it yeah but yes yes that is I, wah, wah. I, I completely guessed because
2: I never saw the, I never saw the show oh dude it was great
6: it's one thing to say you're gonna let go it's another to actually do it to loosen your grip let yourself fall so when I walked into the haircutting place I was taking a leap but I wasn't doing it for a guy or because of some list i was doing it for me say what anyway i think
0: that's pretty cool man because she's displayed a wide range of capability and uh i don't know i think it's a a cool ad i like her man she's great on the americans
2: i think she's a great actress she's worked with jj Mm -hmm. obviously she's been in multiple things that jj's done including mission impossibles yeah i have no problems with carrie russell being in this role and she could play physical roles and this one, Variety had some details on it. They were sparse, but the role calls for action-heavy fighting scenes. Russell has shown her ability to perform tough stunts in projects like FX The Americans, Mission Impossible, and Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. Abrams and Lucasfilm execs met with several actors before the role in the past two months and settled. This thing, Variety is saying that they settled on Russell right before 4th of July holiday. Now, I don't know if that's a confirmation or what, but this is coming out of Variety. Suara, what do you think about Carrie Russell?
4: Yeah, I'm really excited about it. It's awesome to get another badass woman into the Galaxy Far, Far Away. Yeah. And Like you were saying in the report, it's really interesting how it's not just someone to look cool and shoot a blaster. No, someone who can do stunts, someone who can presumably do some sort of martial arts, guessing that she's going to be a Jedi of some sort or a dark Jedi or Knight of Ren, perhaps. Like, I would love to see. This is something that's been floated around. uh, Some of my friends have been talking about. I think it was mentioned uh, from Scavenger's Horde. From Sky Talkers, uh, one or both of those two. Actually, uh, actually, I actually also think um, Knights of Rant uh, was talking about this. Like, yeah, that they're really hoping that she's a Knight of Ren, that you know, she could be someone who uh, works with Kylo, or maybe turns against Kylo, and Interesting. Uh, yeah, like you know, there could be some intrigue right there. I think that would be really cool. Yeah. Maybe she fights against Rey or something. That would be cool too. Yeah,
2: that would be cool if it's completely opposite
0: of what we think she's pretty much going to be. Well, one thing that we just have to mention, and not that I buy into it at all, but of course, as soon as she was announced, the Hmm. speculation that she's either Ray's mom or Mara Jade, or that those two are one and the same, and it's like, come on, can't she just be a character? I, I know that you know there's a contingent that really wants. For Ray's parentage to yeah. have some sort of gravity, some sort of you know back meaning, but man, I I really hope that's not the way to go. And honestly, I don't think it will be. But yeah, of course, I don't think
2: it will be either. I, I think JJ Abrams is going to stick to his guns and he's going to say, "This is the story that I wanted. This the yep. story that I wanted to tell. I'm not changing it because there's some fanboys out there that are, that are bitching about it."
4: Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's just like just because she happens to be another white brunette in the galaxy far, far away doesn't mean that. They're all related, although maybe if Lucasfilm casts like, you know, more people and women of color, then we wouldn't think everybody's related. But <laughs> that's true. but, uh, but um, no, but I think that she's going to be fantastic. Um, and like, I really like how she's worked with JJ before. They have like really great working relationships. So I think that's indicative that she's going to be a key pivotal character in the film. So, again, we would love to see another uh, woman villain in Star Wars. You know, pulling for her to be a knight of Ren. About the Ray's mom thing, I am definitely of the opinion that we know who whose Ray's parents are. They were like junk traders, presumably. However, there is like some small inkling of me that were she actually cast as Ray's mom, if that's the role she's playing, then it's going to be in a flashback. So we have to remember that Carrie Russell is only 40 years old and Daisy Ridley or like Ray, presumably there's going to be like some sort of time jump in nine. We basically know that as a fact now it's going to yes. so Ray yes. will be like in her mid 20s. So like age difference doesn't really pan out. It <laughs> yeah, doesn't so, really pan out. You're right. Yeah. Yeah, so if she is Ray's mom, then it'll be in a flashback or something. So, but I doubt, like, we've already had flashbacks now with The Last Jedi and even with The Force Awakens to some extent with Ray's Force Vision. Other than that, like, yeah, I don't, I think, I'm hoping she's going to be playing a Night of Ren. Even and if I it, think,
2: Swara, really even cool. if it's a flashback, she's going to have to be flashed back for like, well, how far back are they going to go? It's not going to make yeah. any sense. I know, it doesn't gonna, really make sense. It doesn't make That's, any sense that, either way. Yeah. So just people yeah. stop grasping at straws here. It, yeah, Ray exactly. does not have to have a mama that, that we know. That
4: matters, yeah.
2: To have that matters. Yeah, Ray,
4: yeah, Ray was actually made in a lab. Did you know that? No, yeah. she's actually the, she's actually a clone of Luke Skywalker. She's actually like a form of Luke Skywalker from Legends. Yeah, that's what Ray is.
2: Wait a minute, wait a minute. Maybe this Jurassic World 5, because Trevorrow <laughs> did Jurassic World 5, as I call oh my it. God. Maybe that girl is another version of Ray, because they clone. Yes, them. exactly. Maybe, no, maybe not. Maybe, exactly.
4: I don't know. You solve the mystery right I there. I did. Well done.
0: <sighs> All right, Eric, let's keep moving forward. <laughs> oh, I'm moving out. I, after hearing that, I'm done. <laughs> I am done, done, done. So, by the way, Eric, last
2: said, week. By the way, last couple of segments ago, you said the word taint. I just wanted to say that. I've been holding on to it for a while. Go ahead. Your taint? He said taint.
5: Oh no! You, so you haven't been holding on to your taint.
2: I'm not holding on to my taint. Oh, okay. No, I did. Bro, the beavis sorry. and butt head moment when I went. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> there it is. There it is. Uh, We're very so, classy
2: here, Swara. So yeah. you know.
0: Yeah, as you can tell.
2: Yeah.
0: As you can tell. I apologize. So, just real quick side note, and. My apologies if you talked about this when you punched in on last week's episode after we did it because I haven't listened to it and I don't feel like getting yelled at. So did you talk about the Ahmed Best thing? I sure did not. Okay, rad.
2: But I'm so glad that we're talking about it now.
0: So... Last week, Ahmed Best had mentioned probably actually the week before that he was considering doing a like a live show about the 20th anniversary of the Phantom Menace, kind of his experience in the fandom and asking on Twitter if people thought that would be a cool idea. And the outpouring of support for it was really, really something to see. And he he tweeted a shot. It was him and his son. And they were talking about or he was talking about this was the spot where I almost or I considered taking my own life and all because of how he was treated after his role, you know, playing Jar Jar Binks. And we can go on and on and on about it. But the bottom line is, think about think about that for a second that that, this guy played a part in a movie did exactly what was asked of him and people who didn't like it went after him to the point that that was where he was at with his life dude that sucks it's abhorrent it's disgusting and i i'm so grossed out by it i don't even i don't even know what to do with it but the plus side of it is that, that again the outpouring of support in relation to it was really something to it see. Of course, great. he had it was had great. a couple of total dick bags, and th- I guess you just got to come to expect that.
2: Yeah, yeah. And
0: I just that three percent, you know, that
2: three percent of yeah. dick bags are the ones that ruin it. But yeah, I agree with you. It was I was very very happy to see how many people came out and it talked about how he was the trailblazer in Capmo, pretty much before Andy Circus was doing yeah. it. And he was doing it, so I, I love that he's getting credit. For something, and, I, and I'm not a fan of Jar Jar. I'll tell you right now. I think Jar Jar was a big mistake for the prequels, especially Phantom Menace. But that doesn't mean that the graphics and the technology at the time weren't amazing. That somebody actually portrayed it, and he was standing there, and it's his voice and his actions. I think it's amazing. It's great. You know, I I don't like it, but it doesn't mean that I'm going to go out there and berate somebody about it. So I'm very very happy that he's getting. They do, and the praise from real Star Wars fans that he deserves.
0: Agreed, man. Agreed. Yeah, and I agreed. do hope that he does a show. Oh, and yeah. I think it would be killer if, you know, surely though at Celebration Chicago, there will be a 20th anniversary of the Phantom Menace panel. And I hope he's there. And I hope that the place falls apart just like they did for Hayden Christensen. And, and while we're on the subject, I think it'd be great to see that happen for Jake Lloyd too. That would be great. I was listening to Rogue One. Uh, a couple of weeks ago when they were talking about this and
2: Has was talking about how it would be a, a travesty if Lucasfilm doesn't ask him to do that show that he was thinking about as one of the panels,
0: just that show. And I think that's such a great idea. Yeah, that'd be something to see, man. Yeah, that'd be, that'd really- be great. So l- let me ask you this complete turn here. Let's talk about this Kenobi movie and the rumors that it's going to be on the streaming platform yeah, yeah yeah yeah. that's been a pretty persistent rumor but but where's the source of that? Where do you think that's really coming from? Yeah I, w- I wanted to talk about this a couple of weeks ago uh, because it's been
2: you're right it started a couple of weeks ago and it's just kind of like held on it hasn't been debunked as much as I thought um, I think the source of that is just I think the box office take for solo. And the idea of having Disney's live stream network, you know, if they can get, if Marvel can have these series and these stars be not only Marvel, but all kinds of different production companies have these, these A-list stars be in these mini series of six or seven, um, you know, hour and a half long, pretty much films, each one of them, they're, they're amazing. Why wouldn't they be able to get Mew and McGregor to do that for a six feature run or something like six episodes? That's like oh, a series. I thought it was six films? No, no, yeah, no. So like six episodes that, that are an hour. Yeah, yeah, you're you right. You know what right. I mean? You are correct. Like, yeah, well, if, if, if they can get all these. If you go look look on your Netflix and look at the series, the little mini series that they do, they get some A-listers in there. You know what I mean?
3: Yeah, and even for the movies, they do too. So oh, yeah, for the movies. It, yeah, they're production not, movies. Uh, this is not a shot in the dark, you know. Yeah. This, this could be something. It could be. Yeah, it, it could be. it could work out for them.
2: Right. When I saw it a couple weeks ago, I got it from the the playlist and, you know, know, this is definitely not a a trade publication, but now what would make me want to get this network would be this exact thing. Mm -hmm. I would love for them to have something like this and have it at the level where the Marvel ones are, you know what I mean? Or a Netflix feature films are, can you imagine Disney's money backing this thing and putting it on for six? Now, here's the question for all of you. And I'll start with you, Pooh. First, right. you are a child of the Netflix, yes, right generation. Mm-hmm. Would you rather have one Kenobi film that's two and a half hours long, or would you rather have six hour long episodes on a streaming service such as this?
5: So I only get six episodes, no more of that. The uh, just one season or one one like miniseries
2: kind of thing. That's yeah, it's, True Detective is... season one, but Run. Kenobi. Hmm, that's. Ah, that's tough. Um,
5: with the potential of Kenobi and the story that you could tell in six episodes, that might be better. That might be better for him. That might be better for him as a character and and to extend him as a as a I guess maybe not movie wise, but yeah. So I I would say probably the six episodes probably would work better. I would probably like that more, yeah, because Obi Wan as a character for one movie, I would kind of feel would be wasted in a way where he could show more and do more, you know, in 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 a in a six episode, you know, six hour long episode kind of thing. So yeah, I, I would probably have the yeah, probably the streaming service would probably be better kind of thing. Yeah, definitely.
3: I agree with you on the streaming service. Mm-hmm. I mean, on the on the episodes instead. Oh, yeah. Uh, I just still feel that either way you're still left with a, a taste. You know what I mean of you wanting want the movie. more of wanting more like yeah. So I would rather just flip the whole thing and say give me the season mini series like you know and then give me a complete hour and a half film.
5: Ah uh, kind of
3: like to cap it off. Yeah and just yeah. just to do that. So like uh what is it Netflix has was uh, Marco Polo, and then they have like the Sword of Destiny. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You know yeah. what I mean, like that kind of thing. So, uh, I, I'd ask for. I mean, is it too much?
7: Um,
3: can you not have enough of that? You know what well, I mean? Yeah, like, if, if, if I could have more, absolutely. That, that's how I would look at it. But like, just give me as much as you can, especially if you're trying to compete with Netflix. Now, let's don't get me wrong, Disney may not have to do too much but <laughs> to get yeah to get people to ba- you know spend their money this would definitely be the thing to do
5: yeah absolutely absolutely yeah uh you know to to have them yeah yeah cuz it, it's not, not that it'll be like you said not that it'll be tough for Disney to get subscribers but it'll be tough for them to compete with Netflix from the get go so if they can if they can throw you know a haymaker right off the first ding you know that could work that really could so I, I could see this being it's plausible, but still kind of far fetched. I'm not sure. That's ballsy. Because if if nobody wants to buy their streaming service, you're you're already losing money at that point and then nobody's gonna see Obi Wan, which is gonna annoy the shit out of everybody, that kind of thing. Whether it's a show or not, or or a movie or not, you know, that kind of thing. It's still ballsy to to change that and to do something else. I'm not
2: sure. If, it's a, if, it's a if, tough question. Dude. Yeah, it
5: is. It really is. I yeah. want to know
2: what uh, the uh, Star Wars experts think on this on this thing. What do you think, Suara and Eric?
4: Yeah, I think streaming is definitely you know the changing industry now. It's definitely what most uh, production companies are looking forward towards now. I was really surprised regarding Star Wars and streaming how quickly The Last Jedi came onto Netflix. I was like, yeah, that was like such a quick turnaround. Even though it was the you know ninth or eleventh highest-grossing film of all time, even though it was the highest-grossing blue uh, highest-selling Blu-ray of the year, or something like that, they still like pushed it out onto Netflix as soon as possible. They were giving out all of the plat- they were pushing out to all of the platforms as soon as possible. Uh, as for um, Disney making a big push with uh, Kenobi, whether it's it's in series or in movie form. Uh, I personally don't think they necessarily need that. I think that Disney is enough of a gargantuan uh monopoly of different series and their traditional Disney films in Marvel, in S- Star Wars with what they have with like Rebels, Clone Wars, etc. Uh, that the uh appeal of it will still be extremely strong because I think that if you notice what's been happening on Netflix, it's been coming out with a lot of Disney properties like Thor. Uh, it still has Clone Wars on there. It still has some of the Marvel Netflix uh, shows on there. Yep. All of that is going to when Disney launches its streaming service, it's going to be pulled off like Netflix will lose a huge Uh, draw for its audiences those are some of the most popular uh, films on there also traditional Disney films like uh, Hercules and Mulan so I but I don't think that would be uh, the reason why they would put Kenobi on their streaming service uh, to necessarily like make sure that they can compete with Netflix because what I think what they're doing in effect is taking away so much of Netflix's competitive edge because they still own the properties and they have them through contract on Netflix now. But again, they're still their property. So when again they're gonna pull them out and put them on their own streaming service. I think that if it is on a streaming service, Kenobi is then wow, it sounded like Yoda right there for a second. Uh <laughs> then uh <laughs> then uh, it'll be because um, of their perceived monetary capability of Kenobi and not because uh, they think it's the only way to get their streaming service uh, get going.
2: Yeah, let's not forget that the live-action
0: John Favreau stuff is going to be on this, too. I think you could tell a story that fits more with the timeline that we expect Kenobi to have followed Doing it with six episodes okay. because it could be this slow burned, more deep, a lot more dialogue driven, more cerebral kind of thing than a two and a half hour action film. When in our heads, for all practical purposes, he was supposed to be sitting on that, <laughs> that dusty old desert planet waiting for Luke Skywalker to come to him with R2-D2. and I think that if you veer too far from that, it won't feel like it fits in the fits in there canonically the way it should. So that would probably be a better way to tell a story like that. That would be my preference. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. I think that I would want to see it.
2: Oh, this is a really hard one. I would want to see six episodes as well. I think it would be a lot of fun to binge watch. You know what? You know what I would want them to do? Not binge watch it. I want them to release it once a week. So we have six weeks of crazy hype to talk about it, to, to get crazy and dissect it each week. That would be like a Game of Thrones six weeks of Kenobi. I think that would
0: be really cool. I think it would be great. Now, let me, let me ask you something that just occurred to me. We we're talking about whether Disney streaming service can compete with Netflix has it ever been specifically said that Disney's streaming service would only feature their own intellectual property or will it be like Netflix where they'll get other content on there besides their own? I don't know the exact specifics, but the
2: general thought process is that they're going to just take all their stuff like Swaro was saying out of Netflix and also add some stuff and add some animation and, do feature films and also do the stuff that's on the Disney Channel that the kids love. All those Teeny Bopper kind of uh, musicals and stuff like that—that's also going to be on it. So they have a crazy catalog, obviously, of stuff, including all the Pixar stuff as well.
0: Right. So just—I uh, don't know, man. Yeah, Something yeah, yeah, about it just stuck out saying. to me. Yeah, I know what you're saying.
2: It's going to be interesting, though. I can't wait to find out what they're going to do, and uh, we'll see. I guess we'll see soon enough. When that thing is—when is that thing supposed to launch? Anybody know?
4: No, no, it's still up in the air. Yeah, I think like 2019 or 2020. Not sure. <laughs> and
2: think about this. Think about this scenario: if that deal goes through with Fox, there goes that catalog as well.
4: Oh yeah, I think, think about the, the deal, Fox catalog. Yeah, I think that deal. Uh, last I read about it, that 20th Century Fox like did accept Disney's offer, and uh, now it's just pending i think judicial review so
2: yeah there was yeah. one board member on fox that denied it didn't didn't want to do it he came out and was public about it and i, I didn't really go into exactly why
4: oh okay it's just
2: cool. one but then obviously there's uh there's tons of board members but yeah that's i mean think about that so you have the whole 20th century fox catalog as well which is insane and then you start thinking you have all the fox shows as well mm-hmm. and fx and all that so you Eric, by the time you're done, if you have 20th Century Fox and Disney and, and
0: Lucasfilm, you have Hollywood. You pretty much have it all. <laughs> yeah, because at that point, they'll own everything they'll and then it everything. won't really matter.
2: Yeah, it won't really matter. So there you have it. This is, that's your Star Wars talk, I think. Awesome. That was fun, man. All right, let's get into some random shmules real quick. I just want to say this off the bat that I've been over the... I had five days off during 4th of July break and all I did was watch Netflix watch documentaries, and watch Handmaid's Tale. And there's some great, and I know people are yelling at me like, you asshole, you didn't watch Westworld. Um, they're just
5: happy you didn't go on vacation. That's true. Yeah, they, they you didn't stayed disappear. in the States. Yeah. I did stay yeah. in the States. I'm going to be God. staying in the States for
2: a while. Yeah. <laughs> I ain't going anywhere. <laughs> well, I definitely want to say Wild Wild Country was a fantastic documentary. Definitely watch it. Staircase on Netflix These are all on Netflix by the way Staircase on Netflix was also really interesting Started off slow and it got really crazy and interesting And Hulu's Handmaid's Tale Has been probably the best show That I've watched on television Since True Detective
5: I was asleep before That's how we let it happen When they slaughtered Congress We didn't wake up When they blamed terrorists And suspended the Constitution We didn't wake up then either
2: now I'm awake.
6: My name is Alfred. I had another name.
2: Ladies, I have to let you go. It's the law now.
5: They needed to do it this way. All the bank accounts and the jobs all at the same time. you imagine
1: the airports otherwise? Run, run, run! run!
0: You girls will serve the leaders and their barren wives. You will bear children for them.
1: and I in your house will send you to the colonies you'll be cleaning up toxic waste and then you'll die we only wanted to make the world better better? better never means better for everyone
5: I want to keep on living for her remember your scripture blessed are the meek and blessed are those
1: who suffer for the cause of righteousness
2: I'm telling you guys, the, the writing of this show, the acting, the the direction, the music, it won Best Drama, and now I know why it won Best Drama 2017. It is a unbelievably well-done show. Every shot is meticulously done. It's edited perfectly. If you have a chance to watch Handmaid's Tale, it's worth whatever price. Maybe you can get the 30-day trial for Hulu or some shit. I don't know if they have that. But definitely watch it. I know you guys haven't seen it. Mm-hmm. So are you have you seen Hands made Sale?
4: I haven't. I feel so depressed by our own political reality right now. I feel like I can't handle it. But uh, I should yeah. watch it. it is rough. You're right. Let, yeah, will,
2: you're absolutely right, Swara. It is a rough thing to do to watch it because it's very dramatic, and there's things that happen that you think in your head, this could, this definitely could never happen in in anywhere in the world. But the the writer of the book actually took situations from different time periods and actually events um i know she used the iranian revolution from mm. 78 to oh super 80 cool. or 77 to 80 or something to uh depict some of the parts of the show and then also there's all, all kinds of crazy stuff so i heard the book's amazing and i've heard that the show the first season is very much like the book and the second season pretty much goes in a different direction But it's give it a shot, Handmaid's tail. Give it a shot. And don't worry. I am going to be watching Westworld. Uh, Lorena said, you know what? Just watch it on your own. Don't wait for me. So I got the green light to watch Westworld.
3: So you're not cheating.
2: By myself. I'm not cheating on, on Lorena with Westworld.
3: You got a hall pass on a show? I
2: got a hall pass on a show. Wow. Yes, that's a big deal. It is. That's a big deal. So I just want to throw that out there real quick. And there's also, it's time to fly into the danger zone. Whenever there's Top Gun news on this podcast, we, we fucking provide it, That's right? <laughs> right. So we are flying into danger. Last week, it was reported that Nicholas Holt and Miles Teller and Glenn Powell were all in the final runnings for the coveted role of Goose's son in Top Gun 2, a character that will feature heavily opposite of Tom Cruise, who's reprising his role as Maverick, obviously. Well, this week, Variety reports that a winner has emerged from the last round of screen tests, and Teller will star as Maverick's new protege, Goose's son. What you say, people?
3: I, I think he could be a good foil, maybe, or maybe take on some of Maverick's role, uh, Maverick's uh, qualities. I was a big fan of Miles Teller
2: for about a year and a half. Uh, yeah, that's... And then I found out he's a big dickwad yeah. on set. So uh... I've kind of like been like, oh, that sucks, dude. You're an asshole. So, yeah, go ahead.
3: Nicky Holt might
2: have been a pretty good one, too. Yeah,
3: he's a good actor. Uh, how come Dylan O'Brien isn't on this list?
2: Dylan O'Brien, O'Brien uh, refresh my memory. Yeah, uh, Maze please. Runner. Yeah,
3: he's, he's a good actor,
2: man. He was in that other crazy movie. That was a good movie. Yeah, American where he Assassin. Was American Assassin. Yeah. I watched uh, that on a plane, and that was pretty good.
3: Um, I don't know why he wasn't even mentioned, or maybe he was, but who knows. Uh, You know what? I'm going to watch it because it's Top Gun 2. No, I am too. But, I mean, I guess it's, gonna it's okay suck. with yeah, it, it. Yeah. The movie's going <laughs> to suck. Oh, we're, we People are already man, Man, they're already mad, now, man, already it we're already it's mad gonna right,
5: right you now. It's going to suck. You know it's going to
3: suck. You know it's going to be cheese ball. I'm just wondering if, I'm gonna if they're going to have a legit beach volleyball scene again. Right. By the way, Eric,
2: I don't know if I told you this. I think I did. It'll be when I Apollo. went to that festival in Napa while you guys were in, while you were in Southern California enjoying, and the syphilis was doing their thing together without me, when you were doing <laughs> that, Steve Stevens, the guitarist that did the intro song to Top Gun, was on stage with Billy Idol, and he busted out into the Top Gun theme. And anyway, I, I got goosebumps. I'm not gonna lie.
0: That's cool, man. Yeah. That's cool. I mean, that's a very melodic thing. It's it's cool and fun to play. Yeah, you when actually, you
2: come down here again, can you bring your guitar? No, he he played it at at Scum and Villainy when you weren't there.
5: I will kill you, guys. He showed us his pose. Dude, I did. It was yeah. pretty cool. I will dude. kill all
0: of you. Yeah, I was I was making all the shapes. It was really something.
2: Oh, you shit. have a hairy chest like Steve Stevens does because he likes to flaunt it. No, dude, no, not at all. Grass doesn't grow on a playground. Yeah, I'll provide. Yeah. So are you a fan of the original Top Gun? I've never seen it. You know what? You're That's okay. okay. Hold You're on. You're okay. <laughs> booze <laughs> pissed right now. Booze because we give booze shit all the time. Yeah,
5: what the fuck? We give <laughs> I've it. seen Top Gun. <laughs> yeah, right?
2: give we give booze shit for not seeing the Goonies. Uh, I won't give you shit only because it's your first time on the podcast. We get it,
4: whatever. I appreciate but, wow. that. Wow. This I is appreciate. something
2: that I, we talked about before <laughs> where I saw this again a couple months ago, <sighs> and it was so bad. It was so bad. <laughs> the dialogue is so awful in this film, but I, I will always love it.
3: Yeah. Yeah. That it's I wanted to be an Air Force pilot because.
2: Of
0: <laughs> <two>. <laughs> yeah. That. Well, Iron dude, Force. he th- they Iron weren't Steel. even in the Air Force.
3: He wasn't. No, in they the were Force. Navy pilots. That, that was the right. Navy. That's the right. Navy. They were Navy pilots. But I wanted to fly a fighter jet.
0: That did. I'll take. Oh, no. Yeah, it was totally cool. I just to yeah, yeah. It's one hot, of those things hot, you hot, look back instructor. now and. <laughs> <laughs> it just hurt. You're no. superior. Yeah. Yeah. I wanted to b- blown up Blonde teacher. Kelly McGillis
3: teacher. isn't. Huh.
2: Well, back then she was hot that, to me. Yeah. That was. Yeah. yeah don't oh, her, yeah, don't, dude. don't look at Google Kelly McGillis anymore. That
1: That
2: one. Yeah. I did this today, by the way. I was talking to somebody at work and I was telling them who I had a crush on when I was a kid. And Kelly McGillis was one of them. And so was Kelly LeBrock, who. Was oh, from Weird Science, Science baby. Yeah, Weird Science. Yes, yes. All right, we got got to get reined in in
0: here. Dude, (laughs) Weird Science was the first movie to bring Underboob into the popular popular look. I actually saw that picture of Underboob
2: today. And then I saw Overboob when I saw her pictures from present day. Oh, Oh. Overboob. I just made that up. Yeah. That's, yeah. So I was like, this is disgusting. Yeah, what the going fuck? Yeah.
4: He's already. Sung, I uh, have no man. idea what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah,
3: right. Yeah. Just, just continue. Yeah, we need, to we need Emily to,
2: uh, <laughs> Lynn to bring us in right now. Yeah. We need. But weird science, the song weird science done by Oingo Boingo, done by Danny Elfin, who's an, a wonderful composer. We've seen Oingo Boingo about 25 times because they used to play every Halloween. That's one of their most popular songs. They never played that fucking song once. Not once. They hated playing. Really? They hated the song. Yeah.
0: Dude, that'd be like going to see Huey Lewis in the news and them not doing a single tune from the Back to the Future soundtrack. And
2: that that's would crap. be about right. Yes. Yeah, the, the, or the, that would be like hearing a Hall and Oates song and telling your, your buddy Jared that you think it's Huey Lewis in the news because you're very intoxicated during your hundred celebration episode oh, party that's right. and tell him about four different times yeah. that it was fucking Huey Lewis when it wasn't. <laughs> yeah, I mean it was Huey Lewis. It
0: wasn't.
3: Yeah, Hall you thought it.
0: Yeah, you were. Only like, it's Huey Lewis. <laughs> <sighs> All right. Shout out to Jim. so, up, buddy. So f- for people who missed that Twitter conversation, Jim, boy oh boy. So I brought up a buddy of mine who was telling me about this show, uh, Daryl's house, mm-hmm. Yes. and or is it Daryl's place? Daryl's place. He's no, it's Daryl's yeah, house. This guy's telling. It's a place. This guy's too, telling bro. me. He's telling me about this show that there's this random guy named Daryl who somehow gets all these famous musicians to come over and jam at his inexplicably really cool studio. I take one look at the show for five seconds and go, yep, that's Daryl Hall. And so we watch it. And I I asked him, I'm like, did it did it ever seem weird that my buddy's name is Tim, by the way, did it ever seem weird to you that in every episode of this they do lots of Hall and Oates songs? and the vocalist always tells this random guy how much he influenced them when they <laughs> were young. Was there any piece of that that stuck out to you? Was and Darryl- then Araj said, That's
1: the power of love.
0: That's the, that's the power of love. That
2: is the power of love. It's a completely different band. <laughs> yeah, I love that I love that Twitter uh, thread there. Am I going to have to finish it's this right. episode off with uh, uh, Daryl Holland? John John Oates song. By the way, what the fuck did John Oates ever do? Everything. He had a cheapy, beautiful mustache. I can tell you that.
3: No, man, his jerry Curl mullet was
4: amazing. And
2: Daryl
3: had the mullet. Daryl had the blonde
2: mullet. But his
4: jerry Curl mullet was
3: (laughs) sick. Suarez like, are
2: we going to talk about fandom? (laughs) Are we going to talk about things
4: that I Uh, can't whatever, man. I'm just here for all of it. Whatever. We're we're showing our age, man. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, people.
0: I watched Back to the Future today, and I got to tell you, it holds up. See, okay. brilliant. see
2: here's Wait, brilliant wait, wait, here's wait, wait guys! Wait, Back to wait, the Future sorry. holds up. Top Gun does not. Yeah. Okay, go ahead. Yeah.
4: Joe. I saw Back to the Future for the first time this past Friday.
2: Oh, okay. All right. This Let's is was great.
4: This is huge. I loved it. You loved I loved it. it. Oh, that yes. Was Very cool. Amazing film. Have you watched yes. uh, Part Two and Three? Not yet. Okay. Playing, playing two, two. It was too so, soon.
2: Yeah. Part Two was super awesome too. And I liked yeah. Part Three. Yeah. Part Three is good. Yeah. Part Three is good. Yeah, Part two was great. I loved part two. Part
0: two was actually
2: dude. pretty cool. Oh, such, part
0: part one is the best, man. And he, I, I think we've discussed this on here, but th- it was that movie that made me decide that I oh. shall become a guitar player. Nice. That, I, no, I, I don't was,
2: think you've ever said that to us. dude. Yeah, that dude. Is huge. Was, I think you did I, say I, that.
0: he did? I can remember. I, was, <laughs> it, I had just moved to Atlanta. I left every friend I'd ever known behind. We moved to Atlanta. The movie's out. Go to see it at the theater. And I'm at that age where it's like I go with my mom and my sister and then don't sit with them
2: (laughs) because I'm too cool for school. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I'm watching it and I'm like, you know what? That's it. I'm just going to tell my parents I am going to play the guitar at the end. And I was trying to explain that to my kids today. Neither one of them had ever seen it. And I'm saying, hey, guys, check this out. This is a movie that made me want to play guitar. And it's at the very beginning of the movie where the clocks are all going off. And he's he's before, you know, the clocks are all ticking. And he's cranking up that big, giant amplifier with that ridiculously huge speaker. Yeah. And he plays the chord and throws him across the room. And I am not shitting you, man. My little girl goes, why did that make you want to play the guitar? (laughs) I'm like, no, there's more coming later.
2: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, KTSL, The Syphilis, brings you Mr. Eric Struthers in his new segment, Strumming with
4: Struthers.
2: Yeah. Well, hey, Eric, here's a question for you. What's yes. the first song you ever learned how to play on the guitar? <sighs>
0: Yeah. Probably the first song I've ever really learned to play well, like to completion, would have been Talk Dirty to Me by Poison. Oh, okay. All right. All right. The first good guitar solo that I ever learned was You Shook Me All Night Long by ACDC. Wow. Nice. And that was
2: Strumming, strumming. with Struthers. <laughs> Let's keep the train chew chewing along. Or should I say, cruising along the track. Get it? Cruising. Get it? Hollywood Reporter had an interview during the Mission Impossible junkets. And Mr. Cruz himself said that he wants to play Ethan Hunt until he dies. So we're going to get Mission Impossibles for the rest of our lives.
5: No, what he wants is for his Mission Impossible sons to actually kill him one day. That's what he means. Oh, his stunts. Yeah, his stunts are actually yeah. gonna fucking kill him He's like, "All right, this is the, this is the, I'm gonna jump in front of a train, yeah. and I'm not gonna move, guys. <laughs> that's the <laughs> stunt. Exactly.
2: <laughs> that, that, that's what it's gonna be. Jesus, I'm gonna tress. do something so crazy it's gonna kill me.
5: Yeah, exactly. <sighs> that's that's what he's actually saying. He's not right. saying it, but that's what he's saying
2: because he's an idiot. But Come on. yeah, let me tell you though. These Mission Impossible movies are fucking entertaining.
3: They're they great. Great. See, yeah. But how many times could he go flying off of a motorcycle? See, like
5: <laughs> that's one thing that I'm I'm getting is that he's hurting himself more and more in these movies. Where I'm just like, he kind of it's kind of getting like, all
2: right, something bad's gonna happen Statistic to stick or something. Yeah, like yeah. It's like a stick, exactly. Shit. Yeah,
5: where it's like. Uh, no human person just recuperates from that normally and is okay you know, or doesn't have you know head trauma or something like that because he's oh he's, he's definitely got some head trauma
3: he's you can fucked tell himself he, yeah well he's up in he's, these movies he's for Cocoa Puffs.
2: yeah but these movies are like i said they're great oh, yeah they're great. the end product
3: yeah. is definitely uh, uh, worth it
2: yeah absolutely and there's a scene in the film uh, i saw like a little like behind the scenes where he jumps out of a plane. He's got this like full mask on or whatever. They must've done that seven times in one day where he jumped out seven times to get the right shot.
5: No, he just, he just wanted to do it seven times.
2: Yeah. Oh no. That's the thing. Mm -hmm. And for this top gun film, the rumor was, and I don't know if this is true that he only signed up if he could be in the, in the, uh,
3: yeah. Yeah. And in control. That I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> I don't see know.
5: what I mean? <laughs> if he says he's in control, the man wants to die by himself. No yeah, stuff. exactly. So, yeah, you know, uh, no, no, uh, no, uh, no, no controls either. It's just gonna fly itself. Gonna fly just himself. you know, yeah. it, whatever happens, happens, guys. Yeah. With with armaments on it too. He wants to. He wants it fully loaded. Yeah, exactly. So, so, are, like so are you
2: excited about these Mission Impossible films, <laughs> the new one?
4: I've also. Barely watched Mission Impossible. I've seen like a couple of scenes from one of the first ones, but uh, yeah, sorry, guys. I was no, never no, really okay. a fan of that.
2: White, <laughs> all right, so all right. But let me just tell you the first mission, the first okay, look, loved the first one, mm-hmm. loved it a lot. Mm-hmm. Did not like the second one at all, like, at okay, I kind all. of fell off. That yeah, crap, and then the rest of them have been pretty damn entertaining. Let me just tell you, they're like action packed, the storylines are pretty cool. It's our mm-hmm. version of James Bond. And Tom Cruise, even though he's cuckoo for cocoa puffs in real life, <laughs> he's great in these films. So give it a shot. And I got some Awesome. I got some reviews for the on Twitter for the critics that have seen this thing. And here's some uh and take this with a grain of salt, people, because I remember I read these kind of fucking tweets during Jurassic Park five, Jurassic World Two, <laughs> and they were also great.
3: <laughs> so Yeah, and then we went into a dud. Ugh. Yeah, okay. So, this is what they say
2: though. Uh, the new mission film is crazy. Can't catch my breath after the white knuckle finale. Insane physical stunts will have you asking, how did they do that? Mature story and a few hmm. too many double crosses, but a must see ride for action, action junkies. Cruise and Cavill equals huge win. That's one of them. Mission nice. Apost- yeah, that's great. And that was uh, from Cinema Blend. Mission Impossible Fallout is exactly as thrilling as you hope it would be. Amazing action, but it never overshadows the high stakes. I think that one was from Variety. We don't see stunt work like this much anymore. A breath of fresh air and the CGI-fueled summer. Mission Impossible is as strong as ever. And then the last one is happy to report mission impossible Fallout is a fantastic movie that's absolutely loaded with insane action and edge of your seat. Holy shit moments. Not sure how Tom Cruise keeps raising the bar, but I'm happy he does. The bathroom fight scene alone is worth the price of admission. Oh,
5: that's the, yeah, that's the part I'm looking forward to. Yes. It's just see Hen- Henry Cavill just like, just snap maintained dude.
3: his Superman physique. Yeah, exactly. So just snap a dude just in a half.
5: A yeah, just get angry. By, All right. Mountain. I'm going to fuck you up. And he
3: has it. Champion mustache,
5: <laughs> yeah, the thing is pretty bitchin'. Yeah,
3: yeah, pretty Facial. killer.
2: I, I I love Harry Cavill, dude. I've been I've been great. a fan of Harry Cavill since the Tudors back on Showtime. I don't know mm-hmm. if you guys all remember that. That's oh like, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, show, that's yeah, it's a good show. You didn't tell me he was in the Tudors. Yeah, he's in the Tudors. Yeah, I gotta watch he, it
5: now. Yeah, because I you recommended it to me. Yeah, he's like, no, in I first, he's like in the first. He's like in the
2: first couple seasons. Oh okay. Yeah, yeah. All right. He plays his uh, his best friend. Oh, so, ah, okay. Henry's best friend. Okay, well let's let's move on to Indiana Jones Five news. Uh we talked about Indiana Jones Five last week on episode number one hundred. Mm-hmm. Um, the studio actually officially announced that the film has been moved from July tenth, twenty twenty to july ninth, twenty twenty one. Furthermore, Indiana Jones Five isn't the only film that's has that has been moved as part of the indie announcement. The House of Mouse has also revealed that Dwayne Johnson's jungle cruise will now set sail in theaters October 11th. Angelina Jolie's Maleficent 2 will cast a spell on cinemas on May 29th. And furthermore, Mary Poppins Return, starring Emily Blunt, will now open its door on December 19th, as opposed
3: to Christmas, which was originally... I'm looking forward most to Maleficent 2.
2: Really? Not Mary Poppins? You're not a fan of the Chim -chim Chimony Chiru? That
3: was a scary song, man. When I was a kid hearing
4: that song Very you know, depressing.
3: Very scary, yeah. The first time I was like, What is this? Mary Poppins is pretty cool, man. Talk about like incorporating CGI. No,
4: that's cool, but when you listen to
3: but Chim you know. Chiminy, like Swara just said, that was a very dark it's not melodic. Can you name me who played that role? No, man. I'm just talking about actually. Scary I know, but Poppins can you tell me who played
2: that? Dick Van Dyke played that role. Yes, of course. But yeah. don't give me. Oh, of course, I'm if talking you knew,
3: about of course, scary Poppins, it,
4: dude. dude. Not Mary
3: Poppins. I mean scary Poppins.
4: Because yo, know, S- d- have you seen that uh, sort of cut, like teaser trailer of Mary Poppins as a horror film?
3: No i got to
4: watch. Oh, 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 I'm going to send this to you. It's oh, hilarious. God, I would love to see that.
3: Well, I guess the, the story is actually kind of dark. It is then. creepy. Yeah. So, it is creepy. yeah. Listening to Chim Chimney, you're ugh. Maybe I'll end the show with Chim Chimney. Don't you dare, man. You gotta have people <laughs> don't you do
2: it. Dude. Lin-Manuel, by the way, is reprising the role of whatever his name was. Chim Chimney. Mr. Chimney. Duh. Eric, you know his name? Whose name? Chim Chimney's.
4: <laughs> Didn't we just talk about this?
2: No, no, Wait. Chim Chimney's name?
4: His name was Bert. It was Thank Bert. You. Bert? His <laughs> yes. name was Bert? Yes. Hey, Bert.
2: Hey, Bert. Shout out to Bert with somebody.
4: <laughs> anyway, I sent you guys the uh, original oh, oh, scary dang. Mary Poppins pre-cut trailer. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah, I want to see that. Stay
0: I th- I didn't realize you meant the character himself. I'm sorry. Yeah. Oh well, yeah, no. Yeah. No, his good, name is Dick Eric. Van Dyke, dude. But I'm just saying. I'm
3: actually creeped out right now. I don't even want to. Got <laughs> the heebie-jeebies. I,
1: didn't I was know, in like fourth I,
3: grade, and I, I picked know, that song. I didn't know for music. Like you know, you had music part like right. part of the week, and I picked that song, and then it was like everybody's crying and the. Classroom. It was like a Calliope playing, and it was really slow. And I'm like, uh... what's a Calliope? Please explain. Yikes! You know what our, our our resident. Musician might be able to tell us what it is. Mr.
2: Struthers, is. can you explain what a calliope is, please?
0: <laughs> um, Let's see. What is it? It's, it's a piano, right? A a is that like the it's a pipe. It, I it's, like the Zanzi. It's like a weird organ thing. Like It's it's pipe driven, air driven. Or a harpsichord. Yeah, it's no, it's not a harpsichord. Is you know like what? what? Let they me They play
2: just... at old school movie theaters and stuff. Like they have it at a. No, yeah. it's like small. It's like El Capitan, is that what
3: it is? That big organ? That's a harp- That's a pipe organ. Okay. That's Phantom of the Opera. Didn't you just right say here. it's a fucking pipe organ? No, he said it's...
0: Ah. It's like a, it's produced, all the notes are produced by Steam Whistle. But it's so Steam it's Whistle. I, it, wow. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's Steam Driven. Very nice. Guys. Thank you, Eric. All right. We have an email from our
2: listener and good guy, Joseph. And this is what he has to say. Hey, Sith Listers! First of all, way to go, Eric, for using your platform to reach out to others. This was about a couple episodes ago, Eric. You, you did the uh, Chris Pratt thing. It takes a oh, lot yeah, of stuff yeah. to step up to step up like that. You truly are Bruno Big Dick. <laughs> Laugh out loud. We'll, we'll get to that in a second. A couple questions I came across and want all your inputs. Can a lightsaber cut through Captain's shield? Oh, I saw that. Ooh, good question. Of course. And yeah. can a Jedi lift Thor's hammer using the Force? absolutely use guys you guys use guys you guys are awesome congrats on 100 well joseph thank you so much thanks for writing in and these are great questions but we're biased because we're star wars like crazy geeks Uh, oh yeah but hold on oh less yeah i have some answers you have some answers less what do you think about this question i know you're diehard marvel dude and comic book dude can a lightsaber cut through captain shield
3: not if it's vibranium from wakanda see i knew he had a different Mm -hmm. answer that's how i'm gonna stand on it yeah that's okay. exactly how I'm going to stand. And right can there.
2: a Jedi lift Thor's hammer? Only if they're worthy. Oh, okay. You're saying Je- some Jedis might not Ooh. be worthy? Eh? So
3: Anakin
5: cannot. No, absolutely not. But Yoda might be y- able y- to Yoda, Yoda lift that shit, no problem. For, for sure. Yeah. Using right. the Force. What do you yeah. guys think?
4: I think Rey would be able to lift that shit easily.
2: Oh, look at that. Good for you. That's true. Eric? Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure.
0: A Jedi okay. could do it
2: and uh bruno big dick so Suara,
1: mm-hmm.
2: you know, i don't know if you listened to the episode a couple of weeks ago where we talked about our porn names and that's our oh your, my god your first pet name and your first street you lived on so
4: oh, wait oh, for first pet name and first street you lived on yeah, mine was Chili okay. rockefeller
2: and eric was bruno big dick no, it wasn't. Was it? Who was,
0: it was like Bruno 8th or yeah, something? Yeah, it was like Bruno 8th. Oh, yeah. 8th, 8th, but, yeah, 8th yeah or... He called the Big Dick. <laughs> yeah, but right. whenever, yeah, I claimed that I yeah. lived on Big Dick Lane. That's right. That's
2: right. <laughs> so Bruno Big Dick.
0: Uh, Les was what? Tiger Darby. Tiger Darby, which sounds real. <laughs> yeah,
4: really. Who were you? Uh, Dodger Howard. Dodger Howard. Okay, Suara, so what would be your poor name? Okay, so I don't remember the first street I lived on, but I remember the town. Could I use that instead? Sure. All right, so it would be Tommy Annandale.
2: See, that sounds like a pimp ass name, dude. (laughs) You'd be like, you'd be, you have a a pizza box, knock on a door. Did you
3: order extra sausage? Door (laughs) open, and you
1: say, "Hi,
2: I'm Tommy Annandale." Is that what you said, Tommy Annandale? (laughs) Yep,
3: yep. See, but, if 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 Pappas was on right now, he'd be throwing all the the starlets names out there to like throw yeah, with he that. He knows name. all the names. <laughs> I, just, yeah. just <laughs> yeah. I just don't want to do that. I just don't want to do that. Even though you could, I could. Probably I'd... they're probably dead though.
2: Yeah. Oh. Yeah. oh. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> all <laughs> right. We're, gonna, we're in that email right there. <laughs> thank you, thank you, Joseph. Though really appreciate yeah. it, buddy. Keep them coming, dude. I love the questions. they are actually really cool. All right, so we are going to spoil Ant Man and the Wasp. We're going to talk about it. We don't have Eric with us. We don't have Suara with us. We're bringing them back in a second. So we're going to spoil. It. We're going to review it. We're going to talk about it and we're going to read an email and also play King Tom's review of it. I haven't listened to it. So I don't even know if King Tom likes it or not. Hmm. So let's read a email first. And remember, we're going to spoil this thing. So five, four, three, two, one, spoil. So we have a listener named Toby and he says, caught up on Gotham yet? How about the post credit scene in Ant-Man? Didn't see it coming, and jaw was dropped. Interesting how they made references to time manipulation right before he goes to quantum, to the Quantum Realm. Possible plot tool for Infinity War 2. Banner or Stark will meld with him, get him out at the beginning of in Infinity War 2. You put IW2, in my opinion. Thoughts? Take care. Okay, so we're going to hold those thoughts in a second because we are going to talk about it right now. Toby, thank you for sending me that message. Haven't caught up with Gotham yet. I definitely need to. And by the way, Toby, thank you for reaching out on Twitter um, amongst all this craziness and stuff like that. Me and Toby had a really good, nice conversation, dialogue via DM about all this craziness. And it all comes down to we all want to have fun and we all want to be positive And we all love all these different things. And certain people are dicks and not everybody is grouped into those dicks. That's pretty much summed it up, Toby, I think. So if i not, send me another message. So let's get into uh, let's get into the Sandman. Let's do it. I'll give you my take really quick, and we'll go around the table and talk about the consequences that... All right, my quick take. I liked it better than the first one. Mm-hmm. I thought the jokes hit. Paul Rudd was great. I'm biased because I love Paul Rudd. Evangeline Lilly, huge fan. Michael Pena, not a huge fan, but I love him in these movies. They made a fucking Morrissey reference. <laughs> I thought the very end was. I thought the very end of this film, the credit scene, I think that just made the film that much better. Like it brought everything together for me and it was crazy shit. Mm -hmm. We saw it in 3D, thoroughly enjoyed it in 3D. Thought it was one of the better 3D Marvel films that I've seen. It took time to like look how detailed it was. Those car scenes. We were right behind the shield and there were smudges on the shield. I don't know if you noticed. Mm-hmm. Yes. Like it was great. the three D was really done well. Special effects were amazing. Love the characters. I love the ghost. I, everything was good about it. I have no qualms with this film. I thought it was great. I give it a Sithless Seal of Approval, and I think it has a big part to play in Infinity War two because of what we saw and things that were done in it. Michelle Pfeiffer, by the way, was great. Mm-hmm. Oh, and let me talk to you let's talk about the CGI on making them look young,
3: making them look younger. Good.
2: Was, God. It's getting crazy. Good, good. God, Oh my Lord. Like she was Scarface, Michelle Pfeiffer.
3: No. And then Lawrence Fishburne was,
2: Oh my God. Lawrence Fishburne and Michael, Michael Douglas. Douglas.
3: Yeah. That, I said that's, that's a romance in the stone. Michael Douglas. That was jewel of the Nile. That's exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I said, I jewel of the Nile. That's yeah. romancing the stone. Michael
2: It Douglas. was crazy. So that's my take. Yeah. I thought everything was great about it. Loved it. Didn't fall asleep. Really? No, I didn't. No. Holy shit. Yeah. Are you serious? Yeah, I didn't fall asleep. My God. That is, that is a Iraj seal of approval yeah. right there. He did not well, fall asleep. Let me tell you, oh, I fuck. think I, oh, I cried. I dozed off for about 20 seconds. <sighs> and Lorraine now woke me up, but that's it. It wasn't because of the film. It was just because of those fucking chairs and the reclining leather and that comfy, cold theater. I'm falling asleep right now.
1: Les, <laughs> what'd you think?
3: I, I really, really enjoyed it. Uh, what I really liked aside, Paul Rudd is he's made for this this he's made to be Scott Lane he's certain amounts of just bumbling fool and then he's he just blends it all together sometimes he's just a bumbling fool then his uh instincts kick in and he's able to perform certain things he's brave he's afraid he's, he's he's cynical but he's also optimistic like it's just all these different things come at you but what i really really enjoyed was the dynamic of him being a father yeah like mm-hmm. that was that was very cool really really cool and the little girl stole the show she was as, great. as she far was as i go she was adorable. really really cool and there was a lot of that in this a lot of parallels so like uh hink Pym in hope father daughter if that's what they're going to play this as you know in that that dynamic how they stuck together and they stick together and you know, working together toward a goal of retrieving mom, uh, which, you know, of getting Janet back. And then even Lawrence Fishburne taking on the role of a father figure for the character of Ghost. Uh, just those three different relationship dynamics were actually pretty cool. But again, and, and you know what? I like Michael Pena. He's pretty cool. I kind of don't love him in this one. I kind of don't. I want him to be a little more, but I like how they addressed. How his character addressed, like, you know, why can't I be a little bit more? Like, Mm -hmm. it'd be nice if I just got a suit just to get a suit. Like, just doesn't have to work. It doesn't have to work, but it'd be cool if I could just have a suit, you know, like, you know, and, and I will say this though, I can't, I can't stand T. I
2: know right when T came on screen, Les is like, nah, motherfucker. (laughs) (laughs) I love the other
3: dude. He's
2: hilarious. Oh, he's fucking funny. Yeah.
3: But, uh, I (laughs) mean, I guess you got to take what you can get. I I like the diversity in the casting, so if we want to get in if we're gonna go in that direction, I do like the diversity in the casting. Uh but the movie was great and then the the post credit scene just lets it it brought the reality into Mm -hmm. that shit hit hard. And as fake as this whole thing is, we're talking about a comic book movie, guys, but as far as the events of Infinity War and the questions of how far into the MCU does this does the snap go. But hold on, hold on before we talk about it let's get
2: booze take and then we're, all we're going to talk oh, yes. about is that that scene, because the movie is a fun mm-hmm. cool summer flick yes oh it's, yeah it's everything yeah. you want it to be it's great and and then it, at the end it takes a fucking serious turn <laughs> yeah it, it jumps off like, a cliff oh shit yeah so what did you think about the film
5: so uh yeah I agree with you guys the film was great um you yeah, know let's just go let's start off with like the CGI CGI is great what I loved a lot is how they utilize going from uh small to big super quick they made it they they uh, they seamless yeah yeah it's a seamless the way they put it with the action how you know uh what is it uh, evangeline lily would grow would shrink kick ass could do this do that uh you know and man all that that was very cool uh what ghost is able to do is very cool and like you guys said about the facial stuff and uh they're just better at it they're just better at CGI it's hands down crazy and, and not just with the face stuff but like i said with the With the shrinking and all that, and you know, it's just they're they're just flexing muscle now. It's just insane. The entire time I'm just like, holy shit, this is awesome. Even even with the the shrunken car scene where they're driving down the street, there's you know bricks flying by and all that. It's just it's just incredible to watch. It really is. is.
2: And and to, to going back to the CGI, Michelle Pfeiffer doesn't play the young Michelle Pfeiffer. There's another female walking around. Mm-hmm. And that catmo that CGI is just straight CGI.
5: Yeah. Exactly. It's crazy. Yeah. It's it just just insane. Yeah, so so there's that. The story is very good. It's very funny. You know, like Les said with the you know uh Aman being a father, you know, that's a really nice dynamic. Um uh, and then also with the the whole FBI thing where he's on house arrest and he's almost off and all of that. That's a very cool thing. It's very funny with the FBI agent. I forgot what the actor's name, but he's very funny. How they're kind of like Bumbling kind of thing. It's that, that that's good to see. Yeah, it, it, it's nice to see a lighthearted movie after Infinity War. Yeah, the casting was great. I didn't have any issues with it, but I'm glad that Michael Pena got better because in the first one, I thought he was annoying. He was
2: a little annoying to me too in
5: the first one. In the first one, he was annoying. in this one. He was hilarious. All three, the, he the, was really good. the three background guys, you know, the uh, was it T.I. and I forgot the other actor's name.
2: Well, that's they fucking
5: hilarious they were so good they were funny uh what is it uh i think his name is kenny goggins he was great i loved Wa- him. walton goggins walton thank you yeah. walton goggins uh he was great <laughs> uh it was just overall a really good movie people should go out and see it you know not, although it did make more money than the last one it should be making a lot more money than it is now
2: uh, right i saw that i made 70 million or something 76, like 76 yeah. Six million yeah. yeah
5: so go see it really entertain it is a very good time just go out have a good good laugh see some really decent action paul rudd's great evangelist lily's great michael douglas is really good he's really good. he's really funny yeah he, he, he's that yeah his serious, timing is great oh he's like that serious funny where he's you know he's Oh, there's, there, there's some jokes, especially with him, just the way he delivers his lines. Oh, yeah. It's beautiful. Right. Yeah. So
2: overall good movie. So Sithless Seal Approval. Absolutely. Okay. Great. Yes. All right. So one thing we're going to do before we get into the postgraduate, I keep pushing this back, is we're going to listen to King Tom's review of this because he might be have some questions. And I haven't heard it. So let's listen to King Tom talk about the Ant-Man.
6: Hi, Sithless. My name is Hope. You know my dad, King Tom. He always talks to you guys, but today it is my turn. Today we saw Ant-Man and the Wasp, and I really liked it. It was my second favorite movie. My favorite movie is Wonder. It was great. And my favorite character was Hope. He was the Wasp. And the evil person was really cool. And her name was Ava. I can't believe that she had a ha- such a hard oh. life, but Janet really saved the day. <laughs> I liked the second one better than the first, Ant-Man. I thought that it was weird how they disappeared at the end. Thank you for listening. Goodbye.
2: Oh, my God. That's fucking adorable. That might be the cutest thing I've ever heard <laughs> in my life. That makes me want to have a baby right now. Ooh. Wait, where's Lorena? Whoa! Wow, that was. You know what, King Tom? Did we get her name in the beginning? I didn't. I, hold on, I, I, I I'm gonna I, play this beginning just again so I can get your name.
6: Hi, Sithless. My name is Hope. You. Know-
2: there it is. Yes, your name is Hope because you give us all hope. Hope. <laughs> that, that was that awesome. Was really Thank you so yeah. much.
5: I think I'd rather She's a hear princess. Hope. She's yeah. a Princess Hope. I'd, I'd rather listen to Hope than to King Tom now. That's the first.
3: Yeah. <laughs> princess Hope. Well, no, and it all plays together. Like I said, there's three dynamics there's three father figures and it's their daughters And the interaction. Full circle.
2: Inter- full circle. Yeah. Wow. King Tom, the way door. to pull that move. Yeah. We get it. That's,
5: that's amazing. We get it. Yeah. There's like a hidden. That's in, just him cementing his hold on. Yeah. The podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and <laughs> and I like, like that. He's like, even my kids. Way to do, to do it. Yeah. Way right. to do he's
2: that. like, I'm going to have Princess Hope come in and just kill it. Just drop an Ant-Man wasp review midway through our Ant-Man wasp review. And just it was the first, one of the first times I had, I didn't really get to listen to his voicemails because I wanted to be like refreshed. And what a great surprise. It's fucking adorable. That was amazing. And if we just said, we use the word fucking, and hopefully she's not listening. That's a,
1: yeah, how's she? Get,
2: yeah, I know. Oh, uh, like the rest of the episode is
3: yes, it, is it filled with garbage? garbage. Yeah. Or find a way to. Come say on. We heard the voice of King Tom. Let her listen to our reaction, but dang it, Carlos.
2: <laughs> hey, hey, King, King Tom's gotta to, get curly. Yeah, he has to be quick yeah, on the volume control. control. Volume. Yeah, yeah, he's gotta <laughs> be quick on There's that. He's like, hey, man. There's an explicit E on our, yeah, ratings. exactly. But King yeah. Tom, like, that was this is fantastic. I no Princess Hope. That's all I'm gonna call you from now on. That's awesome. You're, you're, you're just amazing. Thank you for your review. And I agree. We're gonna get, this is a great segue, Hope, because we're gonna talk about the ending now. This changes everything, doesn't it? In a kind of way. What's your take? Yes. What's your take on this ending? Now, well, Okay, so for the people that haven't seen it and they don't care to be being spoiled, I'm going to go over real quick what happened. So the climax of Ant-Man and the Wasp sees Hank venture into the quantum realm and save Janet. But Mrs. Pym comes back very much changed from her decade's loss in the quantum realm. Janet can now manipulate quantum energy in some kind of way and uses it to help stabilize ghost's quantum phase shifting, which, by the way, was very cool looking, like you said. Awesome, yes. Awesome. In the post credit scene, Janet stages an expedition for Scott to retrieve more quantum energy inside the realm. Unfortunately, the expedition takes place at the exact moment that our boy, Thanos, erases half of life in the universe, including Janet, Hank, and Hope. Oh, it comes full circle. Mm-hmm. Scott is left stranded in the quantum realm with no apparent way out. As Janet, as stated, Janet Van Dyne reveals that the quantum realm has time vortexes, which can suck you up and spit you out, presumably in a random time period. Here, here's the deal. That right there tells you what the plot line or what's going to happen in Infinity War 2. Because spoiler alert, if there's been pictures of the Ant Man with Captain America and the Avengers in Captain America's old school suit,
5: the, in, in the first Avengers movie when they're fighting the
2: Chitari in New York. Yes. Yeah. Yes. In New York. So that means that he's 99% is going to be shot out during that time. They're not going to know who the fuck he is, but he's going to have to convince them to change things around and alter things. So that right there was a huge plot point for the next Avenger. Another thing, the, the last cut scene that we see, credit <laughs> scene, we see everybody laughed at it, right? Because it was just the ant playing drums. But I think there was a major significance because that tells us, I think, one way that the insects can help.
1: Mm-hmm. Now,
2: Kevin Fije was asked recently, does Thanos snap does that take all of life? Animals included. And Kevin Fije said yes. When when birth movies death, they were they were the ones that asked them. He absolutely said, yes, all of life. And also the Russos explained that it also takes every being all of life. So my whole theory was when I saw that, they're doing that for a reason. It was for a joke, but also that this is one way that these insects can also help. But it, So there's so many insects, though. Uh, half of them still leaves a shit ton of them
1: mm-hmm.
2: for them to be able to help mm-hmm. in this battle against Thanos and to help them get out of there somehow Some.
5: Yeah, well, he's, he's, he's still able to communicate with the ants. Right. Just, just like Hank Pym did. So what he's going to do is that's the way he actually gets out. Out is, out. is that they're, the, the, he's going to call them over. They're actually going to press the button that brings him out of the quantum realm. But how long that takes is very interesting and how long it takes for him to figure it out.
2: That's still up in the air. Right. And it, there's no guarantee that everybody's going to be safe. Meaning if you change the past, it could completely shift certain events or we're going to lose guys. I have a big feeling we're going to lose a lot of Avengers no matter what at the end, because Chris Hemsworth also has was stated that if you were surprised in the first one, get ready for the second, the ending of the second. one. I don't know if I could do that. And that's, and that one's for, for that's real. it. That Man, one's for real. There's no fixing that. There's no fixing that one. So there you have it. That this, the ending of Ant-Man got real, real quick. And uh it kind of gives us a plausible outcome for Infinity War two. What do you think about this, Mr. Comic Book Guru of the West?
3: I think there's more possibilities. So we have to talk about how that quantum realm thing is if you mess around it creates parallel universes also. So this yes. changes things as far or it opens the door for other possibilities as far as going forward with new villains or new all kinds of different things. That snap has way more repercussions than we're being led on or being shown. So for all of us thinking, you know, just in the immediate, there's so much, much bigger picture as far as being able to say, okay, if we fix this timeline, now we've created other timelines and other time streams. And now we're going to cross streams and we're going to, and doesn't Lawrence Fishburne talk about that? His character? Yes, he does. So that's not for, that's not a coincidence, by the no, way. No, it isn't. So does that mean we will get other villains, more powerful villains? I mean, Thanos is the most powerful one, but when it comes to time travel, there's a guy out there called King, which is, uh, he's very, very powerful and very annoying as far as the Avengers goes. Uh, King is just extremely, extremely formidable. Big Daddy Kane? could be him he could have ah. the three cuts in his eyebrows ha. you know yeah, doing his fade, the gumby like dumb, yeah it's yeah. for all he had a, he had old a old high school rap fans baby. big Daddy Kane. he, he had a step whatever you call it yeah it's called a step but it was amazing uh it was amazing <laughs> but um yeah i i just the possibilities are endless as far as the other movies goes right or go but uh getting him out of there is my immediate thing and if the ants can help, all this is doing is the exact opposite of what DC mm-hmm. has been doing. This is just tying everything together. These stories are separate, but then they drop the post-credit scene, and you go, "Oh, yes, that means this is all going on at the same time." The, you know, they they know of each other, or they're at least going to be able to interact at some point, and it just keeps it rolling along. That's why they're twenty for twenty, guys. That's why they're able to continue this. And that's why there's no fatigue. Let's just be real here. There's there's probably not going to be superhero movie fatigue anytime soon. Now when you
2: make stories like this. No. Now when you make it this enjoyable. No, yep.
3: I mean, this was really fun. And that's why know, they have a decade of dominance. And, and King Tom really takes like his that. his daughter and it, it's the perfect father-daughter moment. Mm-hmm. You know, like, mm-hmm. let's go watch this movie, superhero movie. The dynamics are there. The eh. And
2: Princess Hope, don't you worry. Those 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 little uh, particles in the air, they'll all be back together.
3: Yeah, we're good. You're this is this is though. gonna be fun. Yeah, don't, this don't is kill, don't <laughs> kill her. <laughs> yeah, I just can't wait. I just just sitting back and getting ready to spend all my money. That's just all I've been thinking of. Just spend my money and get ready for all these comic book mm-hmm. so it's, it's amazing.
2: By the way, uh,
3: Lorena came in
2: right now, and she wants to talk about a little. Um, Ant-Man, a Wasp. Les, are you ready to be confronted about your popcorn situation again? Huh. Has it been resolved?
3: I'm going to stand up to bullying everyone. Oh. <laughs> I'm just going to go ahead and call it out. Actually, no, I'm not. She's looking at me funny, and I'm going to let her bully me on air.
7: <laughs> Hi, guys. Hi. Yeah, no, the popcorn situation's been totally resolved. I had oh, to well, um, approach Les there at the counter at the movie theater, and I told him. I'm going to take your refill, and this is how it's gonna go tonight.
3: Yeah, she had a, uh, she had okay. some knife in my ribs. Yeah. Something was stuck in my ribs. A but... spork. Yeah.
1: Okay.
7: I think just my firm look. The, and, the glare.
3: And she glare. punched, she punched me. <laughs> People, the, I want you to understand I'm, the being, is, I'm being abused uh, by
7: geez. Lorena. No I'm, one would believe you.
3: Uh, emotionally on the show,
5: physically by Lorena. <laughs> God damn.
7: Let's not bring up scrapbook. See You oh. see what's it, happening here? <laughs> <It, it>, intellectually
5: <laughs> abused? Lordy, what's next? What What, what does
3: Les have left? But, 13 but, Reasons Why Lorena Bullies. Oh. Me.
1: No, I'm oh Sorry. Oh.
7: But, but really, why I wanted to come on was to not necessarily talk about Ant-Man and the Wasp. That was a great, great movie. I really, really liked it, and it was super entertaining and awesome. You have bamboozled me right now. <laughs> But I wanted to do, what I wanted to do was to get in on this little party and congratulate you guys on the hundredth episode. Aww. Really proud of you guys. Thank I you. was, uh, I've been obviously, you know, a part of the, uh, the whole process. Araj did his first podcast with Boo, um, on the evening after our bridal shower. Mm-hmm. And so this uh, podcast is as old as our marriage is. It's like a little, little baby Aww, fern. Oh, that's Aww. true. It's adorable. So, yeah, I'm super proud of you guys. I enjoy listening to your show, uh, just as, 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 uh, as much as, um, the whim said he enjoys it. You know, after I finish with everything else, I put it on and it's a great listen.
2: <laughs> I bet you love the episodes that you're on, by the way.
7: No, I hate those. I hate hearing my own. That's why I don't come on. Arash invites me all the time. I'm like, no, nobody wants to hear my stupid opinion <laughs> no. and say it was great because I don't know anything about this stuff. So, but even the fact that I don't know anything about all this geekdom, I still love you guys. You yeah. guys are great and funny and relatable. And
3: <laughs> she loves to beat me up. Yeah, oh, that that's what it is. That's clear. Yeah.
2: So
7: anyway, well, what we, I came we, to say was congrats. Well, thanks.
2: thank you. We appreciate you letting me edit every single day and taking the time away from our wonderful marriage to uh, make this. And thank you for coming on all the time. Yeah.
3: You're welcome. I'm seriously crying out for help
2: here, guys.
1: (laughs) Shut (laughs) up, Les. I'm seriously (laughs) crying out
2: for help here, people. Shut up and get back in the corner.
1: (laughs) Help me! (laughs) Well, there you
2: have it. There is your Ant-Man and Wasp and Lorena's little...
7: Oh, and also a shout out, too, to all the nice uh, mentions that people had on the podcast and voicemails and emails and so that's really nice. I'm glad that
2: yeah, you got some shout
7: outs. I sure did. Sure did. So I really appreciate it.
2: Well, we appreciate you. And thank you to everybody. You're right. And now that has been minutes with the misses. Please help me. <laughs> Let's move on to uh, some sad news. And that is that um, our comic book. movie That Mary Poppins is a horror movie. That's our sad. News. <laughs> that, that, that is once I see that video, I am going to be sad about that. But unfortunately, we had a legend pass away earlier this week. Steve Ditko, one of the most influential comic book artists of the 20th century, who was the co-creator of Spider-Man and developed the character of another superhero, Dr. Strange, was found dead June 29th at his home in New York City. He was 90 years old. He lived a long life, but I know he lived a very, very uh, reclusive life. Like he was, mm. there was only like three pictures of him that's been out there. And they're all really old pictures. Nobody ever saw him. They hardly talked to him. There's a documentary on YouTube that was done about 15 years ago about trying to find him. Um, I never finished the documentary, so I didn't see if they actually found him.
4: Yeah, he, Steve Ditko. He, from what I know, he made the original. He drew the original hero that we all love so deeply, as one of the most famous and most revered of all time, really, and. He still holds such a pop uh, place in our pop culture today. That image of it, of like Amazing Fantasy uh, number uh, 12 or number 15 showing Spider-Man. Yeah, yeah. Amazing Fantasy 15 showing Spider-Man. That was Steve Ditko. And uh, it's a it's a terrible loss. He was an amazing artist and we're never going to forget him for his incredible contributions to the world of comics. So yeah, what, yeah.
1: what
2: you seen today is from his influence in his his yeah. hand. So yeah, big time loss.
3: Yeah, and then so many people have tried have drawn from that inspiration and and have tried to recreate you know the different iconic uh, panels that he's you know drawn. I just think that you know we need to start giving some of these guys their credit before we before leave they,
2: them. they before they pass away.
3: Yeah, just to, right. just to say something. Even if you know, of course, if they are reclusive, I mean, he was ninety, so. Yeah. Let's not try to, you know, hope you push them out there, but you know what I mean? Like, give some of these, you know, give them their roses before they're gone.
2: Yeah. I agree. So, I told you we're going to talk some Spawn. So, Spawn has added an Avenger to its cast. Todd McFarlane's Spawn reboot has added high profile actor, and he has a high profile cast, actually. And it has um, inked Jeremy Renner. Deadline has dropped the confirmation of Renner's rumored joining of Spawn alongside Jamie Foxx while also revealing details on who the Hawkeye actor will be playing. According to the site, Renner will indeed be playing the other leading role, Detective Twitch Williams. Now, I wasn't a big a Spawn guy. Do you remember who Twitch Williams is, Les?
3: No. As far as I, <laughs> I can go for Spawn, I got Chapel, Terry, and then Violator and Spawn. And uh, what, what's her name? Angela or Angel. Yeah, you got me, dude. I no That's idea. it.
2: <laughs> but here's a statement. As a first-time director, this is what McFarlane said. So McFarlane is actually directing this thing. This is his first time going behind the camera here. Whoa, wait, what? Yeah, McFarlane's oh, no. directing this one. As far as a first-time director, I wanted to surround myself with the most talent and the most skilled on all fronts. That's pretty actually pretty smart, buddy. I was lucky enough to land Jason Blum and then Jamie Foxx, and I knew the person on screen the most is the police officer, Twitch Williams. Okay, so he's the cop. This is what I read this and I was like, wait, wait, he's, he's kind of like taking a shot at him a little bit here. We needed as strong a person as possible because he will be the face of the film. I took my uh, naive. naive Hollywood approach again and said, let's start at the top and work our way down. Jeremy was at the top. I'm a huge fan of his character. This is what I was like. He's taking a shot. The character doesn't need to be a bodybuilder or a GQ handsome. Wait a minute, dude. Jeremy Renner's
5: a handsome dude. Yeah, but, but if you put an extra, like, Henry Cavill, who is a bodybuilder, or could be a bodybuilder, and but, GQ.
2: But Runner in Bourne got big and yoked out, and he got cut Yeah, up. but There's Jeremy Renner I'm just saying, like, don't put it out there the that role. you didn't want a guy that was handsome and big. Well, Twitch is not handsome. I get it. But, uh, but imagine yeah, if you're a Jeremy Renner and yeah, you're reading this. You're like, what I the know. fuck? Yeah. I didn't like that. But <laughs> whatever, Todd. Not that I'm a huge fan of Tree Renner. I'm just, I, I just I trying to defend him, you know? Got somebody said mind. that about Eric Struthers.
0: I have to defend him. <laughs> People right? would never say that, so it's not like it even matters. wouldn't. Somebody say went that. out there and said, Eric Struthers, we we needed a guy that
2: was short-haired. Oh, I don't know. I got nothing. Let's move on. DC streaming service. Now, we've been talking about the Disney streaming service. And I'm, uh, Boo's already shaking his head no. Suarez so got some opinions about this. Yes. Yeah. I know everybody has opinions about I, this. I really want to hear what his opinion but, uh, but here's my question. My question yeah. is, this this DC uh, service, so are you have an opinion because you kind of know what they're going to add and what they're not going to have in there, right?
4: Yeah. Yeah. Just give us
2: the lowdown of the streaming service.
4: Okay. So this is a list I saw a couple of weeks ago or a week and a half ago. Sorry. But basically, I was showing what they were going to have on their launch of the service. And it was extremely limited in the content. It had no Justice League, no Justice League Unlimited, no Batman Beyond. What I can recall, it had Batman, the animated series. It had um, some of the old 60s and 70s shows like Batman and Wonder Woman. Uh, It had Batman Beyond Return of the Joker, Uh, both seasons of Young Justice. And I and Young Justice season three pushed to maybe a year or so after the service actually launches it's so bizarre and it has like again it has like classic dc films like superman and batman but we've seen these already like a million times and i think that dc is not taking advantage of the its most popular content to make a really powerful push for the this service but besides and even so like i'm just i just looked at that i was like come on this, i wanted this to be an exciting place i could find like my favorite tv shows especially justice league like your dc your crown jewel is the dc animated universe mm-hmm. the dcau that is true. Bruce, t- bruce tim and paul dini's universe that's what people love that's the again the gold standard that you should be pushing for all of your sort of storylines and movies and tv etc i understand that there may be licensing rights uh they're still trying to work out with cartoon network which still owns those uh like sorry uh not licensing rights but you know like sh- uh what, distribution where? rights yeah distribution like, yeah. rights thank you yeah yeah um but you should have worked that out beforehand and i feel like this is just another <laughs> right. case of right this is just another case of dc jumping the gun and trying to like rush ahead without actually thinking things fully through. And it's such a disappointment. What the fuck are you guys doing?
3: The the, The the fuck are you guys doing? Yeah, the worst part (laughs) about that is is actually having to hunt that kind of stuff down. Yes. Like like exactly. Going on my Xbox it's not on Netflix. Nope. You know what I mean? It's it's not on Hulu. I go on my Xbox and it's part of a bundle that's like $120. And I'm like, I just want to watch Justice League War. I just want to watch uh, the Suicide Squad, uh, Assault on Arkham, like that. That's you know, like you should be able to go and pick those things, and that all should be there. You know, all the Aquaman, sh- like you said, yes, all the animated stuff should just be ready right. to go. And uh, it doesn't make
2: sense yeah, to even yeah, launch th- this. Yeah, there.
4: Just to be fair, there are some uh, D- modern DC animated films on there. I think uh, Justice League War is still there. I, I have to. Rem- I I, ha- I should have found this list before. Apologies to listeners, but. No, but overall, yeah, I agree. Yeah, there actually, needs to be I have a place some on the list here. So D- 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 oh, awesome.
2: D- DC Universe will also be offering up many of the company's animated films. Batman Year One and Gotham by Gaslight are two of the titles mentioned. But it says in this article, what could make the service stand out is its selection of comics. So at this yeah, point, the details true. are a little fuzzy as to which titles will be available. According to press materials, DC will offer a rotating curated selection of digital comics that will include... Title stretching back to the introduction of Superman in the 1930s. That's kind of
3: cool. It is, but it can't be your selling point. No, no, no well, I agree. Yeah, I the, agree. The, yeah, it can't be buy my streaming service. Exactly. And subscribe Insane. to the streaming service because yeah. you're going to get all these comics. Okay, here's it's a question. A, like, it's which, a
5: streaming service, streaming video. Yeah, and yeah, I'm a comic book guy. Things. I love reading comic books.
4: Right. But yeah, I that's that. what you have Marvel Unlimited for. That's yes. exactly right.
3: And and they can Yeah, no, what I want to be able to do is exactly what we are talking about here is be able to watch an animated film or watch something uh Titans uh that, that they're supposed to be doing. Um any of the Batman movies should be on there, meaning if I want to watch Arnold Schwarzenegger <laughs> <laughs> Just for shits and giggles. I should be able to just click on that thing and play it. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, yeah. It, they just, it's like they're, you know, we're going to make hamburgers, guys, and they don't have hamburger meat. No. Exactly. Get get ready Perfect. for these steaks, guys. Right. And, right. uh, how do we light like the coals? Like, you know, like that kind of stuff. It's just you're, you're taking a, you're putting your foot and trip. The cart is before the horse constantly. Mm-hmm. True mm-hmm. that.
2: Mm-hmm. True that, sir. Yeah. So the, the question is, as I want to see yes or no answer. It's like the flash round, but really quick. As it, as is right now, knowing what it has, if it's $5 a month, would you pay for it? Less. Yes. Boo. Yeah. Suara. No. Nice. You're sticking to his guns. Eric Struthers. Strong. No. Okay. And then me. No.
3: But the only reason I, I will explain quickly, the only reason I will pay the $5 as of right now is, because the, the, the amount of content for the comics. and the digital comics—that's yeah. why yeah, I was yeah, saying that's that would for be the only reason I will cool. pay five dollars yeah. as is right now. Yeah. Okay, that's it. All right. Other than that, gotcha. I would go no. But that's why. Okay. Let's move on
2: to the Joker. This movie has been casted. I want people's opinions real quick. We have a, a clown prince of crime, and that is Joaquin Phoenix. This confirmation comes from the Hollywood Reporter. Uh, which adds that the production on, uh, on the untitled Joker movie is scheduled to start up in the fall. And Boo was telling me he's heard something about September, right? Yeah,
5: I even heard something in September of this year, which kind of blew my mind. I wasn't 200% sure about that, but I was like, oh, all right. That means these
2: things were, uh, t- the production, There was this has been going on for a while. They yeah. just kept it hush-hush. Todd Phillips is writing the script based on the script that he co-wrote along with Scott Silver. And has, as we've learned... Last summer, legendary filmmaker Martin Scorsese's on board as producer. That is huge to me. We currently don't know exactly what the film will be about or what to expect from its narrative, but the studio has evidently described it like this. Next version of a man disregarded by society is not only a gritty character study, but also a broader cautionary tale. So that's pretty vague. Swara, I'm a fan of DC. What do you think about this? Is this going to be... A hit or a miss?
4: I am a lifelong Joker fan as well. Uh, Mark Perfect. Hamill's Joker in the DCAU. Oh, yeah. Jack Nicholson's Joker in the original Batman. He, the late, great uh, Heath Ledger's Joker in The Dark Knight. I do not want this. Oh. I really do not want and this. I, way, think, Joaquin, you I skipped, think Joaquin... You skipped
2: one of the Jokers, I think, there.
4: Uh, which Jared one? Leto? Uh, Jared Leto? Jared Leto. Uh, yeah, not a fan <laughs> of that Joker either. I, I, okay. Uh, But um, yeah, I just don't want a Joker origin film. The thing is about the Joker is that there's so much intrigue to him is that you don't know what his exact origins are, just like it was in The Killing Joke. He said that, oh, if I have an origin story, I'd like it to be multiple choice. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I just and I feel like we don't need a film with him as a, quote, main protagonist. And I don't know. I mean, like, I did like those sort of episodes with him as a protagonist. Again, like the DCAU and, like, Batman. And it was mostly centered around him. But even so, he wasn't really the protagonist. He was just like, oh, you're just seeing it mostly from his point of view. So maybe if it's something like that, I'd be down. But between this and previous news I've heard about this film, about it being his origin story, I just I, – I don't know. I just – I'm not feeling it, man. I just don't really want it. I mean, maybe... Look, I'm a big fan of Martin Scorsese. Uh, he's producing, not directing. But even so, like, it'll still probably have some of his touch on it. And oh, yeah. if, like... I know I'm open to it being good, but I, I, it's I this isn't really the content I'm here for DC. Like, I don't want just... You know what I really want you guys? What I really wish DC would do? A Bat Family film. Give us yeah. something with Dick Grayson, Barbara Gordon, Tim Drake, uh, Jason Todd, uh, Damian Wayne, Cassandra Kane, uh, Stephanie Brown. Like, just give me those awesome characters you've cultivate in the comics and stop. Look, I love Batman, but please stop just going back to Bruce Wayne and his like own struggles. Like we've seen it a million, million times and just give us like, let the next generation take its place in the story. Like take a page from star Wars, what it's doing now with a sequel trilogy and just like let the past die.
2: <laughs> well said, dude. Well said. I just, I just, um, when you, when you have this kind of talent, when you have Scorsese, Phillips, and when you have Joaquin Phoenix in a film, I want to see what's going to come out of it. Exactly. Yeah, but yeah. exactly. I know that you don't. A lot of people don't want to see this, and there's a shit ton of Joker's all of a sudden now everywhere, and the people are doing all kinds of different films. But if Scorsese doesn't put his name on shit, as far as I know, even his produced stuff, I, I can't think of one movie that he's produced that that has right. Been and, crap. and
3: and and I agree with you that just the fact that he's behind this or he has a hand in this for me i feel that the joker is an event like he is right he should be something so if you look at it jack nicholson when we got the tim burton you know the tim burton batman jack nicholson was like him being the joker was like a big freaking deal like that was like an event so that was that made waves that propelled everything that gave us all the other movies. And then when Ledger came along, after Batman Begins, which was actually, I agree with you, Raj, Batman Begins was a great. It's actually really damn good. I love that movie. But when you hear, "Oh, Heath Ledger's playing the Joker," that was like, "Oh yes!" Like, give no, me was all it? Of that.
2: When Heath Ledger was, when everybody, you, you want to go back? And actually, check this no. You're out? right. You're right. People hated he,
3: that decision. But when he finally stepped, when they, when we saw it, it was like, "This is awesome!" Right? Like, he really nailed it. Like. I it remember it was much, the, oh you're sucks. getting the dude yeah.
2: from Night's Tale.
3: Uh, people were stupid. They were they were dumb, but he knocked it out of the park. So it was like if you take those two as far apart as they are, those are events like those are massive, massive portrayals and yeah. milestones, Right. And like you said, now we have two Jokers already. Uh, Jared Leto's, which was pretty much chopped out no, of Suicide and he's Squad. He's getting another one, too. And then and, and don't get me wrong. It. Personally, I think Joaquin Phoenix should have been the next Joker. I don't think Leto should have been picked at all. I think Phoenix would be a perfect Joker. He's actually, for me, I think he's built for it. Yeah. But main protagonist. Yeah. I, I, and yeah, I agree. And thank you for vindicating me from way back in the day, Suara, when I said that. Joker should always be multiple choice, and his yep. origin should be left to be. It, it
2: still can be.
3: Got you man.
2: It still can be in this film. It still can be. You don't have to do ne- necessarily do one that's right. an or- origin story. know right. they are going to do, I don't know. Fucking, a I mean, we'll see answer. what they
3: do. Oh, damn. Shit.
1: <laughs>
3: but with score, I mean, the grain of salt is. The talent that is put together, exactly.
2: That's
5: that's that's the one saving grace. Is that if you were to, if you, if I were to tell you that Joaquin Phoenix, Martin Scorsese, and and yeah, in a in a movie being written by Todd Phillips,
2: and I told you it wasn't
5: a why you wasn't a Joker film, yeah, I I told you it's not it's going to be. You're going to walk into a theater, and I told you that. What would you say? Oh, I'd still go, Yeah, there you go. Yeah, you're there
3: you go. Gonna go see, see this, see, of course. See, but, that's, well, see, but that's that's the thing. I'm is not gonna that, pay money. Maybe the first day. Man, you're gonna oh, go. come on. You guys, going you're Jurassic gonna pay. Roll, push me. Ah, you're oh, right. Oh, damn you're it, you're Jurassic, Jurassic World. world. God damn damn you Jurassic you're World. You're gonna
5: pay. Yeah. Oh. So so that's that's the one thing. If <laughs> I don't like that, it's being made. Yeah. But 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 if I take it off, take for what it is, the facts of who's in it, you know that that kind of thing. Who's writing in? Who's producing it? I gotta see it. I got to see. I might not be happy about it, but it's like one of those, like, oh, you suckered me. Yep. You know, um, you know, you, you know it's, like, uh, it's like when somebody says, yeah, I, I have a burger patty, and you know what? I'm going to put some bacon on it. Well, fuck it. I'm in. I'm sold. Yeah, I'm done.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's true.
5: <laughs> it's true.
2: All right. Cool. Now, I think it's time for us to wind down, and it's time for Suara to play the flash round. It's time for the Flash Round. This is where we try to figure out what's in that big old noggin of yours. You ready? Good luck.
4: Let's do it.
2: Batman or Superman? Batman. Han or Luke? (laughs) Luke. Britney or Christina? That's Britney Spears or Christina Aguilera. Christina. Oh, interesting. I saw Christina Aguilera on TV last night. I didn't even recognize her.
4: Nice. Yeah,
2: it wasn't nice though. De Niro or Pacino? De Niro. Rebels or Clone Wars? Rebels. Favorite video game of all time. Jedi
4: Knight Jedi Academy.
2: Yeah, you already mentioned it. Favorite toy as a child. Oh,
4: it was a Lego something. Lego Star Wars.
2: Nice, nice. Lego man. Beyonce or Rihanna? Think wisely, please. Beyonce. I knew I love this guy. <laughs> Actually, boys are in sync.
4: In sync. Biggie
2: or Tupac? Tupac. Kobe or LeBron? LeBron. I'll take it, because he's a Laker now.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Struthers, go ahead.
0: Worst major Star Wars character?
4: I I feel like if I say something, he's going to insult someone. Okay, just say it. it. Okay, I'm taking it as, like, least best. So... Even though I love this character, and rest in peace, uh, Christopher Lee, but Count Dooku. Oh, okay.
3: All right. Okay. Oh, okay. That's not bad. not bad. Yeah. That was very safe, Swara. Yeah, it was very safe. You go <laughs> I with, don't know, buddy. Go ahead, no, But by,
4: by, by the way, side note: Do you guys know I can do a really good Count Dooku? Oh, please go ahead. Hear okay. It? Um, this is the scene where he encounters Obi Wan in the prison thing in Geonosis. Oh no, my friend! This is a mistake, a terrible mistake. They've gone too far. This is madness. That's
0: that's really, really good. That's actually good. That's That's
4: awesome. Thanks. Thanks. <laughs> I, I did really praise that a lot when I was a kid. I love Christopher Lee.
0: Um, <laughs> that was good. Christopher yeah. Lee. Right, sorry.
4: Go, go, go on with the flash round. Yeah, go ahead.
2: Did you know Favorite that Christopher – By the way, did you know that Christopher Lee was in a like a death
3: metal band? I think he still oh, yeah. does that. Yeah, he still does. I think he still records. I think he's dead. Oh, he, he still, he still does that. that. Yeah, he died a couple of years I
5: think, ago. I think it be a little hard for him that's to do That's how metal he is. Yeah, but he still does. That's, 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 that's how dead metal he is. <laughs> that's right there, all right? Let
1: you doubt him, how metal he is. Don't that shit. That's fucking
2: metal. Oh, Jesus. Okay, Yeah. <laughs> you have it anymore, Eric?
0: Favorite band. Good one. Favorite. Band.
4: Wait, yeah, Beirut. They're a band. Oh
1: Beirut.
3: Oh, Beirut. Beirut, yeah. I I, you, said, <laughs> you said favorite. I thought you were like, <laughs> wait, what? <laughs>
2: this is gold. I thought you kept saying
4: favorite. favorite? That's Be- what I thought you were
1: saying.
4: It. <laughs> band. D- it's really <laughs> Cool, man. I like Beirut. They're awesome. Awesome. They're yeah. Awesome. Uh, uh really
5: yeah, uh was it favorite ship in Star Wars?
2: Chip like potato
4: chip, potato
2: chip, and Star Wars. No, yeah, no. No. <laughs> spaceship.
4: Spaceship. Okay, uh, Luke's X-wing. No, you're just
2: done with that. That Christopher Latham got you, huh?
0: Yeah, I'm yeah. I was not going to you. use my brain anymore. So
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> CGI Yoda or puppet Yoda? Puppet oh, good Yoda. Much. Puppet Yoda. All, me all the too. way. Me
1: too. No,
2: man. People, you know what? People. Yeah, okay.
0: Puppet Ooh, Yoda the is the correct answer.
2: What What is the incorrect?
0: No, Puppet Yoda is the correct answer. A lot of these are subjective, but not that, one.
1: I, that
2: I, one. I agree 100% with you, buddy. But I there's people at work that saw Last Jedi and they said that Yoda looked awful. And I thought that Yoda Looks looked great. great. He looked amazing. What'd you think boo about Yoda in the Last Jedi?
5: He looked better than he did of course in the in the in the Phantom Menace. He looked like fucking shit. But I did like him in He did look really bad. Yeah, I I did like him more in The Last Jedi than I did in Empire or in Return of the Jedi. So I'll I'll give you that. He did look better, but I would much rather have um, uh, CGI Yoda.
1: Okay.
2: Overall.
5: But he did look better in The Last Jedi. I'll give you that.
2: Okay. Thank you so much, Torell, for coming on. We had a blast with you. Thank
4: you guys for having me. Oh, of course. Tell people where
2: they can find you and listen to you and all that great stuff and find you on Twitter and listen to you your amazing podcasts and all that great stuff.
4: Thank you. Let me plug my shit. Yeah. Uh, my shit. yeah. So um, you can, y'all can find me on Twitter at Swara Sala one that's spelled S W A R A S A L I H one. You can find my podcast beltway Banthas on wherever you get your podcasts and we're on Twitter at beltway Banthas. I'm also a summer co-host for The Flash podcast. Um, that's just at The Flash podcast. You should check that out, too, if you're a fan of The CW's The Flash. And you should also check out um, the hashtag that uh, Iraj mentioned at the beginning of the show, hashtag SWRepMatters, where we talk about representation and inclusion in the galaxy far, far away. So look it up on Twitter. Look at all these really cool, great stories that people from a bunch of different groups share and what they care about in being able to see themselves represented in their favorite franchise. And there's a lot that goes into this. It's not simply, oh, I just... Simply want to see myself, but the reasons why for it and the issues that are going into it. And there's, you know, I gotta tell you guys, when we started out this campaign, I didn't know how like really rich and multi it was gonna be, and I'm so happy for it, and it's I'm so great, glad yeah. it's, it's. Thank you, thank you so much, and I really want like, uh yeah, all of you to check out the hashtag on Twitter, check out these stories for yourself, and yeah, it'll be good. That's uh just generally where you can find me. Yeah, yeah, and if you
2: want to get the great. Side of fandom. Read those stories. This is one way that fandom kind of shifts things to the positive. That's for sure. Eric Struthers, where can people find your beautiful voice and your beautiful golden locks?
0: (laughs) Well, on top of my head and out of the front of my face. uh, You can uh, check out my other podcast, The Bad Motivators. Also, Star Wars It's the only thing I've ever watched. So... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> and you can follow me on twitter at eric Strathers. you can it's a great follow less no
2: boo <laughs> at the sith list boo and you can find me at the Sithless. <laughs> <laughs> no. no
5: no no less he looks up no
3: that's no. fine just kidding you, I where,
4: where can people find you buddy?
3: Saruman was alive Saruman-
1: <laughs>
4: None can contend with the will of Saruman. He, he is alive. There he is. That's how eerie
3: yeah. and awesome that is. That was really man. good. Was really and good. good. And Thanks. I'm just still chim chimming it out right now. All right, <laughs> <laughs> All right guys. At we will... Lessons more seventy-eight. There, we go. there it is. There you
2: go. We'll catch you. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm supposed to end it like this from now on, right? Thank you, thank you, thank you. And we will catch you (laughs) next week on episode number 102 of The Sith List.